0: Welcome to the Drunk Tank Episode 5. Uh, how is everybody doing today? I am one of the co-hosts of the show, Dr. Ryan. And as you see, Chris over there. Tonight we gotta talk about a lot of shit and we're gonna get into some very touchy subjects. We're gonna try and talk about them as unbiased as possible while acknowledging our own biases. And as always, this is our opinion. And if you find our opinions offensive or upsetting, not much i can do about it because it's my opinion and um we're we're two guys and we're going to be talking about our experiences and offering some constructive criticism on some of the topics tonight so wanted to get that disclaimer out before we start the show once we hit those topics we will do another disclaimer kind of divulging our biases and our thoughts before we dive into it that being said let's get to the opening round but before we get to the opening round i forgot last week and the lawyers are in the corner giving me a mean ma- mean mug and face <laughs> Chris and I are of legal drinking age. We will be drinking some beer during the show. If you are going to join us uh, while you're listening or while you're watching the video on YouTube, because we're not currently streaming on Twitch because of technical reasons still persisting, make sure you are of legal age to drink and you do drink responsibly. That being said, welcome to the opening round. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Uh, <laughs> it's been a, <laughs> it, it was a good weekend that ended sourly. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna say.
1: Well, at least it had. Some form like it this since the last two or three weeks.
0: So Yeah, yeah, the week went well. Like I got a lot done. I got a lot of uh updating done for when the new the new rig comes in. The weekend was really phenomenal and it ended on a sour note, but other than that it's been really good. So as per yeah. as per to use, what are you drinking tonight, buddy?
1: Um I am drinking feldschlossen. Which <laughs> i probably probably butchered, but it is a very nice beer from dresden uh, in germany it's one that i picked up in my pickup six while i was down in england and it was actually it's actually quite it's not your craft beer it's a mass-produced beer unfortunately unfortunately sadly
0: you're Um, you're slumming now with a mass-produced beer yeah how
1: dare you I mean it's no as good as the King of Beers Budweiser which is probably the best don't, beer you can ever have.
0: Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you're gonna, you're starting some shit tonight. You're in a funny stunt. Don't do I that.
1: Start uh, Nathan. I just there was this podcast that I was listening to a couple of weeks ago when I'd taken the day off and they were discussing beers and how Budweiser's and Mellows and stuff like that are crap when they're actually quite good.
0: Don't don't go there. You're going <laughs> to start a fight. I'm going to jump on a plane, kick your ass, jump back on a plane, do the show later. Don't start that. <laughs> Don't go there. So, um, I, like, yeah, go ahead, continue bunch of beer. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's, it's a nice beer. It's, it's from German. It's a German beer. Um, It's called, I, I think it's pronounced Feldschlossen. Feldschlossen? The links will be in spotify google and stuff like that and it'll yep. be on the youtube description um, yeah and that's quite nice i got it for pretty much about one pound fifty which is a pretty decent price for 50 cl yeah that's not that's bad. a pretty decent price for a bottle like that so yeah no it's, it's quite tasty it's like, but again it's a bit boring if i'm being honest it's a beer that you would get if
2: You're slumming. You're slumming.
1: It's your your late night beer. See when you've already had quite a few and you're ready (laughs) to just kick back, fall down the stairs a couple of times. It's that kind of beer. The beer where it doesn't matter what it tastes like as long as it's cheap.
2: Exactly, exactly. I
1: just want to point out, in case the the Feldschlossen brewers are watching, isn't a bad thing. These kind of beers are necessary in everyday life. You are the the gatekeeper of a night out. So it's a high regard, but it's just, it's quite boring.
0: Wow, you are, you are, you are on your wooing game. And fell sloshing in it, wink wink, throw that man some money with that ruby. Wow. (laughs) The gatekeeper of beer, huh? Ooh, wow. I don't know if I can follow that shit up. Ooh, that's high praise. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say you redeemed yourself from the Budweiser comment. All right, I'll, we about to fight about that, <laughs> no, but you pulled it back. You pulled it back. Yeah. I'm back in your corner. I'm, I'm riding with you on that one. Um, me tonight, um, I'm drinking what they call outboard. It's a cream ale from the Milwaukee Brewing Company. It's a local micro brew here in town or here in the state town. I'm like forty minutes away. Um, I've never had a cream ale before, and from what I read, like, I mean, it's got a nice golden urine color <laughs> with, with a little bit of head on there, which I'm okay with, but it just, it, it smells like any, like, it smells like any craft Pilsner to me. I, I don't really get the cream or, like, the sweetness of corn that they say is in here. It just tastes yeah. like a upscale version of Budweiser
1: well that week for uh for opening <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean for me like the i mean you get a six pack probably like seven eight bucks this is probably the cheapest beer that i've had and again that's that's not a bad thing it's definitely not budweiser it's better than that but this is probably the most affordable of the six pack that i got because it's yeah. like seven eight bucks where the other ones are nine or ten somewhere around there
2: yeah, but it's it's
0: cool. good it's not bad it, it's it's not boring. It's just not distinct enough where like, oh, yeah, I'll drink this again. Like, I'll drink it if it's there. Like, I'd, I'll drink it over Budweiser any day. It's it's good flavor, good head, good good hops. But unlike the pomegranate beer I had a couple weeks ago, there's nothing that stands out about it. Or the, uh, the Avalanche that I had from Colorado, mm-hmm. that's a little more hoppy, a little more malty. So yeah. it, this is just more of like... This is like a fishing guy's beer. Let's put it like that. Like even the name Outboard. It's like guys on a boat catching bass drinking this beer. Like that's this yeah. is what it reminds me of. Is like something my uncle like would have drank when he was fishing. It's just your. It's it's a little bit upscale Budweiser. It's yeah, not. It just about... sounds
1: like the kind of go-to beer. Like yeah. it's like your everyday beer as opposed to the special occasion beer.
0: Yeah, it's like an every man's drinker yeah like if they don't yeah. if they don't want a budweiser they want something a little more with a better a little bit more of a flavor profile than like a budweiser or a miller yeah it's 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 a journeyman's beer it's an everyman's beer and i, I like it it's good but it's not one that would be in my regular rotation like i'm definitely going to get more of that pomegranate beer uh avalanche is always in my rotation and then that uh that second beer, that, that stout or whatever I had a couple of weeks ago, that was really really good.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So th- those that hard root beer too has a, a more distinct flavor than this does, but it's it's not bad. It's, it's actually quite good. I mean, I know I bagged on it, but like, I don't know if my snobbery is coming in, but it's just it's 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 fine. It's fine. It's like it's 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 white bread. Let's put it that way.
1: All right, Yeah, that's that's probably a better <laughs> you know. again. White bread is necessary;
0: they are necessary in a lot of things. So, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, man. But uh, yeah, my week uh, my week went well. The ending was the kind of sucked, and I'm glad your week was kind of good. For those of you that are listening to the podcast uh, or watching it on YouTube, normally we stream it on Twitch, so a lot of the the chat interaction or community interaction we don't have. Uh, the computer is in the process of getting put together. We're just waiting on the GPU. So hopefully in the next week or two, we'll be able to do this show live and have some live interaction with the Twitch community. But that being said, if you want to provide your feedback or, or ask us questions or, or suggest topics, get at us on Twitter, get at us on the, on the YouTube comments on Twitter, uh, send us a whisper on Twitch or or leave a message in the YouTube comments. That's the best way right now you can join the conversation or, or even if you have um, beer suggestions, if you got a, a drink. Eventually, I might mix it up and do like a cocktail for one of these because I used to be a bartender. I might just throw down on like a Manhattan or something just to kind of give it. I was it a,
1: actually thinking about that as well. I was sitting thinking we were doing the review kind of stuff mm-hmm. in that, as much as the review is quite nice and, and it's, it's, it's a nice bit of information in that, my my first initial idea was basically just getting yourself a drink, not necessarily into a review stage, but right. just what you're enjoying. Because like, the other night there, I was sitting there. Going, do you know what? I could go on Monday a whiskey sour. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but see, yeah. just just a, a whiskey sour would have hit the spot the night. I I would need to go and get the stuff for it. I mean, I've got all my whiskey up there, but
0: now now here's the question though. Seeing as how we we're, we're we're diverging on this path, what is your go-to whiskey sour recipe? Like I
1: feel the almond makes me.
0: Really, you you just kind of you you do that. You don't you don't have like one that you don't no, kind of throw I'm, down on
1: it. It's one of the ones I tend to use as an excuse to try and extend my palate. Okay, as a kind of like I I like to just. For me, a bartender's got the skill to know, Mm. and I would rather use like a whiskey sour or any kind of cocktail as a kind of canvas for the bartender to show his skill. Like, if the bartender gave me a shitty drink, he's a shitty bartender. But if he gave me a drink that was enjoyable, he's a good bartender. But if I'm going in and telling them, that's like me walking up to Van Gogh and going... See how you done that? I don't like that. <laughs> so, do you think you can maybe date this way? Even though I have no fucking clue. I'm quite a, an avid let the bartender kind of thing. I mean, if I don't like the drink, I don't like the drink. I, just, yeah. I won't order that one again. But, I mean, especially in Glasgow, every second building's a bar.
2: There's yeah. like
1: full streets just lined with bars and clubs that everybody goes to in your Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah, here in the yeah. town I live in, there's a bar in every corner and a church across the street. So I, I feel you.
1: Yeah, so it's like I'm quite happy to kind of just dot about, try different places, see. Because it's the same with a restaurant. If I go to a new restaurant, I would always get the steak mm-hmm. just to see. Because in my opinion, as a trained chef, in my opinion, if a chef can't cook a steak, that's like base level standard if you cannot cook a steak what the fuck are you doing in that kitchen yeah
0: exactly that's yeah.
1: The, I, yeah that's just my standard i mean that is the how everything should go but it's between steak and scrambled eggs if you cannot make either of them then questions have to be asked that's just the same kind of way that i see as a, a bartender but i have that kind of well lot of things like if i try a new chinese restaurant i always seem to have to get the cream of sweet concept. Really? Just as a kind of... I don't know why it started. It's just most Chinese restaurants here do that. That's like... We don't have that. You have your chicken and sweet corn. You have your chicken and mushroom. Then you have, like, your wonton soup.
2: No, we don't have that. it's
1: like, uh... Oh, interesting.
2: I didn't mean to cut you off. The
1: the cuisines are quite different anyway. But... Because we are a lot more Chinese as opposed to, like, Indian and pizza and stuff like that. Mm. Like, I mean, I had this... Sort of debate with my American friend, in which when we order a pizza, we order the pizza from an Indian restaurant because you get better pizzas. Like what? The pizza restaurants and the Italian restaurants suck at pizzas. Like, <laughs> so they're, they're coming stupid. for
0: pitchforks for us this week, man. We got this debate
1: and then a topic later. We're fucked. But I will say, Italian restaurants are good for the pasta. You are the gatekeeper of pasta. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, running theme, folks get used to it
1: <laughs> but indian restaurants always seem to do the best pizza like there's a indian restaurant maybe five ten minutes down the road mm-hmm. and they pack that pizza with your fucking child if you ask something but it's like they just everything at you and it's this thick cheesy bubbly goodness right and it's big sixty inch But
2: that's what she said. Yeah,
1: back onto the topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, quite a few times to me. Um, (laughs) uh, It's
0: a good night. We're in a mood tonight. It's going to be a good show.
1: uh, (laughs) But uh, with the likes, it like I just have, depending on what I'm doing, if it's like a drink or if it's a Chinese restaurant or a normal restaurant, Mm -hmm. I just have these little things where it's like, it's my go to. And it kind of makes it's a mental thing of oh that wasn't nice, so I'm probably not gonna go to that restaurant again, which is a sad way to look at things as well because it's like I'm not really giving these places a proper chance. Right. But me personally, it's just well that's what I normally get. So if you can't make it, why, like, why would I go to somewhere that I don't like? It's no, a preference. Yeah. It's nothing on the restaurant. It's just me personally and that's that's where people have to stop making these connections is that my opinion can be different it doesn't mean that i'm shitting on that particular thing it's just my opinion is i don't like it so yeah that's fine yeah that's that's,
0: that's an inter- that's an interesting point of view because i'm similar like when i go out and i drink if i like when I go out to a bar, I, I I used to bartend, so I know how to make mixed drinks. And like when you mentioned a whiskey sour, instantly my brain went, okay, two ounces of good bourbon, three quarter ounces of lemon juice, you know, half ounce of simple syrup. If you like it a little sweet, throw in an egg white in that bitch and then some Angostura bitters on the top, shake it up, put it in a sour glass, you're good to go. That's the traditional whiskey yeah. sour to me. Like, but then people, they, they can remix it and stuff and like, which is why I asked your recipe, because a lot of a whiskey sour can go, you, you, you go, you swap out simple for a Demerara. You can, you can, uh, instead of using Angostura bitters, you could, you could put a little cocoa bitter on there and get a little different yeah. flair to it. So like, that's why I asked what your go-to kind of recipe was. Because that, I, I, I'm a traditionalist in a lot of ways when it comes to like mixed drinks because i grew up in bars my mom was a bartender for 30 years like she was the best in my city like so i grew up watching her make drinks and then i was a bartender for a while and so like when it comes to making cocktails i tend to i tend to stick to the traditional ones you know like a lot of the uh a lot of the old time cocktails have been have have seen a resurgence lately they were lost for a long time and when you mentioned whiskey sour that was one that i had uh I had, I heard somebody order a while ago when I went out and I was like, all right, well, how's the bartender going to make it? And the bartender was like, well, how do you make one of those? And I was like, make it like this. The guy will be happy. And the guy's like, well, I never made one. I'm like, and it turned out nice, but you know, that's, the... and like, like you said, like if you go to a restaurant and you, and you, you, you kind of let the chef work his magic. If they don't know how to work the magic, then what are you, what are you doing behind that, behind that, you know, the yeah. grill or whatever. But you mentioned something. And I want to. I want to get your opinion before we move on to tonight's main topic, how to cook a steak. Let's go. How do you cook a steak, there, Chef Boy? Let's go. What do you got? Medium rare. All right. Well, what, what method do you have? A method, or you just is that where you cook it?
1: Yeah, no, just simple. Sear it. sear it. Pop it in the oven. Pop in the oven. We bit right. of butter. We bit of rosemary. We bit of garlic base. That bitch. Boom. Simple.
0: There it is. I was waiting for the garlic and the rosemary because that's what i that's what i do if i'm doing it in a pan i'll put a huge knob of butter in that bitch salt pepper sear it sear what it what kind
1: of pan do you use but... huh what kind of pan do you use? oh i've got
0: a i've got a chef's i've got a chef's pan i don't have a cast iron i want to get a cast you, iron i don't have one yet
1: cast iron i know
0: i know i know i know I, i've been it's wanting I mean, i've been wanting one for a long time i just haven't gotten around to getting one because they're fucking expensive I've got me a good stainless, like, I got, like, a professional chef set where it's all stainless, and I've got the deep, I've got, like, the deep-rimmed frying pan or the saute pan, so I do that and that, and I'll I'll baste it with the butter and the rosemary and the fresh minced garlic, yeah, but, yeah, medium rare, I I will give you this, I I can do blue rare, rare, medium rare, and I can even go to medium rare. Anything after that, I will fucking stab you with a steak fork, I swear to God.
1: Yeah, like, I don't really like, like, rare, I can go with rare, I kinda go less than rare, like, I like, like, I, I don't, don't want it to be moon in a field, still.
0: I love like, a blue rare every once in a while. Mm,
1: it has to be rare, medium, rare. medium again, I can go with medium if it's just in the house, like, I would never, like, like if I turned up to a restaurant and they sent me a, a medium steak, I would Throw it
2: <laughs> right
1: if it's if it's a non professional, it's understandable. Right. It is one of the ones where thirty seconds is enough to go from medium rare to medium. Like yeah, yeah, it's like real easy it's to plug proper in. time and So yeah, you can like it. You could go like thirty seconds goes from a soft boil to a hard boiled. It's it's hard to kinda. It's like not yet, not yet, not yet. Ready done. Yes. Yeah. So yeah,
0: it, it definitely it definitely can go. And like you said that the mm-hmm. the Indian restaurants uh make the best pizza now. Is it because they use the tandoor oven to cook it or what do you what No, what? it's just a normal pizza oven? Really?
1: Yeah, they just they just
0: do it cuz there's a there's an Indian place that does pizza in in the big city by me. And uh they use a tandoor oven to cook their uh, dough. i was curious
1: here just tends to use a a a normal pizza oven, like the the kind of like see the ones that you see and it's like the the thin slots Mm. where they're stored in that they just get slid in yeah the the industrial pizza oven, yeah facts yeah so it's like it's not actually as if it's like a a special thing it's just i I don't think i mean we do have pizza places here that make really really nice pizzas like i'm no shitting on pizza restaurants here (laughs) it's just when you get an indian pizza. It just seems to have a lot more girth to it, like right? A lot more totems. They don't skimp in the totems.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I mean, pr- probably what you will find is the totems that the Indian use are cheap horse meat as opposed to chicken that an uh, Italian restaurant would use. But it just has that extra, like, fucking well done red rum. Right. Great. Yeah. So, I
2: think
1: but, as well, method does kind of. It, it makes a difference so sort of cuz like um the other week that i made a, a leg of lamb mm-hmm. and i literally just had it simple uh sort of sliced up some potatoes laid them in the bottom diced up some carrots i didn't really dice up just chopped up some carrots through them and lamb goes on top some water just like just simple water i mean i seasoned the fuck out of the lamb like i had salt and pepper decent the way it should be Mm. And then just let it slow roast for four hours. And it was falling off the bone. The the stock had kind of formulated, and you were getting that kind of thick stock at the bottom with the carrots. And and it just, everything about it just turned out perfect. It was exact. I'd been wanting it for a long time. And just, it was one of the few times where everything went right. And it just came out the way I wanted it. And I was probably the happiest I've been in about three years. (laughs)
0: <laughs> every once in a while you get those where you're like oh i could die a happy man right now but yeah exactly so to transition from our our, our feistiness about food and beer we're going to talk about something that's very very divisive so for those of you that are watching on youtube or those of you that are listening on the podcast uh we tend to go about a half hour 45 minutes on the main topic so just kind of skip ahead but well, we're gonna talk about policing. Now, before you say anything or you type your little comment, like, oh policing, here's the deal. Chris and I are white dudes, different sides of the world. The whole point in this conversation is about our experience, a little bit of constructive criticism, and maybe how from an average guy's perspective, we could suggest some some fixes to a lot of the Current issues, because let's face it, policing is an extremely, extremely difficult job. I'm I'm not a cop. Chris isn't a cop, but I've, I have lots of cop friends, uh, and I respect the hell out of them. But it is, and it is a, a profession that that, like most professions, has some issues. And I've been on this planet forty some years. I've had experiences with the police, and like with everything that's going on in the world. There, it does stand to reason that there are improvements that could be made. And maybe if we, you know, give our opinion and our take, maybe it causes somebody a conversation that starts another conversation that starts another conversation. So that is, that is how we're couching this topic. We're not, we're not sitting here going boo his. We're trying to discuss our experience about it, what we see the flaws are and maybe some constructive criticism on how to improve it. Now, that being said, it is what it is. Um, if you're gonna watch on the video, just skip ahead to where the now discussing section has uh changed to the next topic. Or if you're listening via your podcast, just fast forward until we're done talking about it. So Chris, <clears throat> disclaimers out of the way, let's talk about policing. Um You are over in Scotland, so why don't we I, I think I opened up the topic last week. Let's have you open up the topic and kind of you give me your kind of perspective on policing in Scotland, and I'll kind of give you my take on it, and then we'll discuss some experiences, and then we'll we'll do some constructive criticism.
1: Yeah. Well, as I said when we were doing the sound check, uh, when I've seen that this is the topic you'd put in, I did have a few reservations on whether or not to go ahead with this conversation, right. and we
0: discussed it just, beforehand.
1: Yeah, just purely on the basis that. This topic is quite a touchy topic in the UK right now. That's as a year. Reading kind of thing. Um, just with everything that's been kind of going on uh, right now, um, take out that we're the the head of the Metropolitan Police, like the, the staff sergeant or whatever, um, she was kind of like called to resign. Okay. She refused to do, like it's that level that we're at just now. Um, personally, this, this is where kind of opinions can be, and I need to reiterate that you have to look at the context, yes, in which these things are being said. Because, as Doc said, the hardships that any other community in any country has gone through we will never be able to uh fully understand discuss or imagine just what they have went through like the there's no way you can parallel two different communities and how society has treated them and to do so personally i think would be a major disservice to yes. anyone that's been in that situation um, so I want to get that out of the way first uh, because I've never had a bad experience with a police officer any time that I have dealt with the police, be it involuntary going to police or it being a, a roadside stop or anything like that I've never had a negative experience, it's always been positive, it's always been um good handled well um but when you're reading in the news certain things that have been going on um my experience do not tell the story as to how it is uh, there has been a lot like you see it on the news constantly right now of uh, certain organizations certain police stations certain police officers and stuff like that um I don't think you'll ever be able to put your finger on one of the two, whether it's good cops or bad cops. My opinion is you have bad cops and you have good cops, but if the good cops don't speak out against the bad cops, they're bad cops. That's it. So if you're unwilling to speak out about bad cops, you're not a good cop. Just because you're not doing it, doesn't mean that you're a good cop because you're allowing someone else to do it. And that is against what you're, you're there to serve and protect the community. Yeah, yes, in certain situations, you have to stand for, like, brothers in arms and stuff like that. But in the situations that have been getting brought up in the last... I mean, you can't even say the last year, like, the last... Thousand years <laughs> mm. It's been the same thing Like we've still no Ridder of the world So it's Like the the thing that's been going on In the UK just now There was a whole big thing There was a vigil over A, a lady that had been Abducted and murdered And it turned out to be An off duty police officer That's been arrested mm-hmm. And he's going to see The old bailey kind of thing and there was quite a big thing. They wanted to hold a vigil, and the councils and the government said they couldn't do it because of the lockdown and the the laws in place and stuff like that, and they decided to do so anyway. People turned up, mourned, paid their respects, which, personally, I had to sit outside at my neighbour's funeral last week because we couldn't go in because there was a limit to how many people could go in. Mm Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, eh, I couldn't attend my aunt's funeral because there was a limit to how many people could go in. Personally, I was quite upset when I seen so many people turning up with a complete disregard to the safety and health of their fellow humans. Mm-hmm. Even though I could understand why, they wanted to pay their respects in that. But the thing that, annoyed me about it, is yes, when you're seeing the news stories, the police were heavy-handed in a few situations, but what you also have to look at on the other side is, the police were there to do their job and disperse the crowd. Certain members of the crowd that weren't there, they never intended to go and pay their respects, they were there to cause problems. That is, You could tell when one of the protesters, because that is what they are. They were not mourners. They were protesters. Right. They started making comments on "You can't keep us in. You can't stop our freedom." So it's about the lockdown. It's not about this poor right. girl that uh, had her life taken. This was about the the lockdown. You you used something that was supposed to be respectful in and mourning and used it to your advantage to cause problems. It was the same happened last year with the Black Lives Matter, whereas there was peaceful protesters that were going there to protest over the brutality, not just from the police, but from all angles of the community Mm -hmm. towards not even just black people or, or Latinos or anything like that. It was just any minority group that had went through hardship through systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And you had the select few that turned up to hijack and cause problems. And these are the people that are getting the media view. These are the people that everybody's seeing and your hardcore basic racists are seeing this and it's filling their happy blood knowing that they can go... This is why we shouldn't let there, and it's like, but that like it's causing more issues for the actual people that are wanting to have change, yeah, and especially in the police side, they are not putting forward the correct way of handling the situations. Now you go onto Facebook, you go onto Twitter, and you've got a million and one professional people that knows every ins and out about this when they have not a fucking clue. I don't know what resources the police have. I don't know what situations and trainings police officers have in different situations. That's information that I'd love to have. I'd love to know exactly what the police have to be able to handle these situations. But I do feel personally that this has never been about the police in a certain movement or a certain anything. This has been about people in the middle that are just there to cause problems. And they're hijacking and casting blame on the wrong people. And it's in that sense, it's hard for me to be able to kind of discuss ways that we can improve policing or criticise the policing art. Because personally... I do not know enough information within the departments to be able to tell you, well, that's not working, that's not working, that's not working. And because I don't really have bad or negative experience with police officers, apart from the stories that I've heard, it's hard for me to be able to give a definitive Well, the police were wrong or the police were right. I can only look at things from the outside and take on both sides. And the way I've been seeing a lot of it is that on both sides, you've got the people that are there that are trying to do their best for change, and you've got the select few that don't want change, they just want to cause problems, more problems. And I think that's where my critiques would lie, is seeing these people and instead of attacking the the people that aren't there to cause the problems, focus on the bad. Let's rid that.
0: Yeah. I I wanted to discuss this topic because it is such a a hot-button topic. It's always coming up in the news. There's always some, some story about police, whether it be positive or negative, and a lot of our pop culture is surrounded ab- around police and their activities. So for me when you're discussing policing there, it, it's a many nuanced, many layered discussion because it, on the one hand, it's a necessity. And on the other hand, it it is so integral to having a law abiding society that it needs to be, it needs to be monitored and, and watched and, and adjudicated and administered in a way where it's fair across the board. So for me, I've had, I've had my positive interactions with cops and I've had my negative interactions with cops. I've, uh, I've had several instances where I've been, uh, I've been thrown on the hood of a car, slammed on the hood of a car because of, uh, a mistaken identity for domestic violence. I was, I was mistaken for my uncle who was like 15 years older than I am. Sorry. I had to yell upstairs cause people are banging and slamming and I don't want that showing up on the recording. But I've I've had negative interactions with the police department where I've you know I've been I've had my head slammed on a hood you know where they didn't want to listen to me because they thought I was a domestic abuser. Um, I've been called in as a suspect for a statutory rape case, and it turned out I I didn't do it, but it turned out that I was supposedly at the place it happened, so I had to be interviewed as like a potential witness. But when I was called. It was you know you're being charged with statutory rape. I've dealt with um situations where I've been pulled over and been aggressively dealt with so i've I've had negative interactions I've also had very positive interactions my My older child has a lot of had had some significant mental health problems in his teenage years where we had to notify the police a couple of times and have it dealt with, and those interactions went really well for what it was. So I think I wanted to talk about policing as, uh, as a, from a perspective of, I've gone through it, I've seen people going through it, and everybody, like you said, on Twitter has got, oh, do this, do that, and I feel like the messaging and, and some of the things are, are wrong, and I kind of wanted to weigh in on that, because I know a lot of police, I know a lot of detectives, I I, I have police in my family, and um I think I really wanted to kind of discuss it, because it is such a hot topic, and I think that you and I, on different sides of the of the world or or different parts of the world, could have an interesting perspective. Where you said you didn't have many negative interactions. So, with the with the Black Lives Matter protests and all the police brutality that happened this summer, a lot of clashes happened, and a lot of people got hurt, and a lot of officers were put in danger and they got hurt, and a lot of it stems from people co-opting the message on both sides. Like you said, the people who protested peacefully were there to protest and get their message across and and do the best for change. Yeah. Then you had some officers who were there who were like, okay, we hear you. We see you. Then you had the dickheads on the pro on the rioter side who who were there to start fights and they would antagonize and they would hide within the protesters, which then instigated police response. But on the other yeah. side, you had some of them fucking meathead, asshole, fucking dickhead cops who were just chomping at the bit to
2: do some shit. Well,
1: yeah, they, like, that is what I was meaning. Like, yeah, you had the protesters and the rioters that were wanting to cause problems, and you had the the section of the police that were just waiting for an mm-hmm. excuse to be able to use the force. Like, that's, that's, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's where the major issue lies is you have bad actors on both sides who have bad intentions regardless of what's going on and you know when the two collide the collateral damage is significant so so the question is well chris and docs you're 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 making points that are made yes there are bad actors on both sides but to just say that and not provide an answer or or provide some uh verification is just is just yelling into the void what everybody's yelled so here here here's some more thoughts i had amongst those riots out came this defund the police right defund the police you know blah 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 this whole rhetoric about defunding the police and i disagree with that rhetoric 100 percent. i don't think defunding the police is the proper action because one yeah officers are overworked and underpaid administrators and the bureaucracy of the police are overpaid and don't work enough so again the problem isn't with the the guys doing the guys and the gals doing the job my my problem is with the bureaucrats who who have unrealistic expectations of what actual policing is and are collecting the majority of the paycheck. So defund the police when you, when you talk about it is, is is. and I'm going to, I'm going to get kind of brash. I'm going to get kind of mean about it. It's a stupid idea. Okay. You cannot defund the police. We need them. We need police. We need some sort of professional officer that can intervene in life or death situations. I will say this though, Jocko Willick, Who's a former navy seal and does like training with police departments around the world had a very important take on it and i'll try and link it on twitter what Jacko willick said was you don't defund the police you reallocate those funds and invest in the police and by reallocating funds he meant you invest in other programs outside of the police social outreach programs crisis programs that are gravely understaffed and gravely underfunded you then when those funds are allocated to better those outreach neighborhood outreach programs you then tie them to the police department in a way that if there is a call that does not require a man with a gun or a woman with a gun and cuffs the cops do not show up a crisis worker a psychologist uh, a person who deals with autism or emotional disturbed issues can be dispatched to deal with the situation in a professional manner that is appropriate for that response. You have the cops there as like an escort or whatever, but they don't they don't they're not the lead they're not the ones that they don't make the the initial contact they don't deal with it yeah um so which then ties into the other point that Jocko made is we have to reassess and re reclassify what is a police call and what is an issue that the police deal with. Because nowadays, cops are called for everything from my cat stuck in a tree to there's a killer with a knife in the house. Yeah. Not all of those calls require... A police officer. So over the years, we've become so accustomed to having the police handle everything that it's beyond the scope of their training. It's beyond the scope of their profession. And for the most part, a lot of them do a great job. Like they, they do do a great job at handling those calls, but they're not those calls. So not only do we need to reallocate funds and improve neighborhood outreach programs and access to services and professional outreach, we need to reallocate, Clarify what is a police call. Three, we need to invest in officers' training. Now, over here in America, I think the I'm 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 spouting off the top of my head because I don't I'm not a I'm not a criminal expert I'm not a I'm not a police science major. To become a police officer, you have to pass something like 500 hours of training. That's it, 500 hours in a police academy. And then you are sent out in the street to deal with rape, murder, domestic violence, uh armed robbery, bank robbery. Just you deal with the worst of the worst day in and day out and you get 500 hours of training. Mm. Lawyers require 4 years and a bar exam. Doctors require 8 years and a bunch of exams. Judges require 8 years to adjudicate law. Lawyers require four years to um what's the word i'm looking for litigate law yeah but the guys who are enforcing the law only have 500 hours of training and it's general training not specific training
1: yeah there's a definite something no right here <laughs>
2: More yeah than
1: that.
2: something ain't right for sure
1: I, I definitely do agree with the fact that we shouldn't be defunding the police we should be restructuring or restructuring
2: 100% one hundred
1: like, like everything that you've said I completely agree with and that there's so many avenues that are not being used to the full potential yes that could take so much off of the police and which they're having to handle so yeah
2: yeah, and and
0: when you look at it when you look at it from that lens, right? And 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 there's a few more uh, angles I want to hit and then we'll move on to other stuff, but so you get that core, right? You get the those core tenets of this is how we could make improvements, right? Mm-hmm. Another big improvement is in my opinion and like I said I'm a white guy from the midwest. I have not had to deal with the struggle that my uh, Hispanic neighbors had, or my, my African American neighbors had my experience is totally different, but from somebody who has been to college and studied forensic anthropology and criminology and, and psychology, and I grew up around cops and I have cop friends, even they say that like, this is what needs to happen. And I think if the guys in the streets agree with like what we suggested, and I, and I took that from Jocko Willick, and i proposed it to a couple of my cop buddies they were like we agree 100%. Policing should be a 4-year degree 100% and your curriculum should be criminology, psychology, um communications training on top of all your physical requirements of shooting, arresting, uh physical uh defense, all that stuff. We need to better educate and better train our officers. And Jocko Willick said also, your officers should dedicate at least one day out of their rotation to training. Be situational training, circumstantial training, psychological training, condition recognition training where you can recognize if a kid is autistic or if they're bipolar or if they're emotionally disturbed or suicidal so that officers can go in with a toolbox That is not just guns, cuff, taser, pepper spray, bulletproof vest, right? Because we know from military experts and training that if you train with a tool regularly, you're going to use that tool. And if an officer's only tool is cuffs, gun, taser, pepper spray, what do you think they're going to use? And then another big point, and I'll, I'll let you kind of chime in and give your thoughts when I finish this point. We need to end the, the, the long-standing cover-your-own-ass-and-this-is-a-brotherhood mentality of police departments. Because those two issues are what keep the bad cops in badges. Yeah. Because you even see it in movies and pop culture. The, the villain of the movie is a corrupt cop. What do the good cops do? Well, I don't know. Well, we don't know what to do. You know, you hear, oh, you can't take down, you know, like the bad cops, because then you're a snitch and and the brothers will turn on you. Fuck that shit. I see some cop whipping some dude's ass with uh, excessive force, or I see a cop and I'm on the force. I see a cop taking a 20 gram bribe. That motherfucker's getting yeeted. Like out. I'm like, bro, you're arrested. Fuck you. You're done because I'm not having corrupt bad cops on my force walking my streets
2: because then you get these brutality cases.
1: That's the that's now the the reputation of the police is that these people are involved. Like, is that the the image that you want? Like, is that how you want your job to be viewed? Is that you're like you'll cover up for assholes? Like, because that's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing. As I said at the start you have good cops and you have bad cops but when the good cops don't speak out against the bad cops the good cops are bad cops too unless yep. you speak out you're a bad cop you're not doing your duty as a police officer Yeah
0: but then you then you get that you get that the pressure though oh you snitched on a brother how dare you you're the rat me I'd be like fuck that he he broke his oath He broke his oath yeah. Get him out of here Is that- but unfortunately through years and years and years and systemic bullshit and all this stuff that the good cops who from all accounts outnumber the bad cops are too afraid to step up and do that and why is that i wonder why are the good cops so against and i i put this to you the the youtube commenter or the podcast viewer like Why is it that the good cops are so afraid of turning in the bad cops? I mean, from my perspective, it's just corruption and the fact that they don't want to be viewed as a snitch or they don't want to have to put their name out there or whatnot. And I get those are valid concerns, but you made an oath to serve and protect. Yeah. And that just doesn't go for protecting me and you. That goes for turning in your buddy who's the bad guy. The the logic of that just boggles my mind. I I don't understand why... And maybe it's because I'm not there, I'm not in that brotherhood, I'm not in that situation. But like if 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 you and I were cops, I would want to know that you're one of the good guys. I wouldn't want to have to second guess whether you're gonna put a bullet in me if we go to kick in a drug house and you're gonna steal the cash. Like that that yeah. me that me as an honorable person just I don't understand that. And that's one of the things that I think people are so frustrated about is a lot of the whole policing thing is kept behind layers and layers of layers of brotherhood and protect the shield and bureaucracy to where the lack of transparency in policing really, really causes a problem. And I think if, if some changes are instituted, like we discussed, and maybe the good cops are empowered to speak up and take down the bad cops. I think a lot of the issues that we suffer from, will not go away cuz we're always going to suffer people who abuse power and there's always going to be corruption and stuff but i think a lot of yeah. the a lot of the a lot of the cases will will come down but that means the cops and our society are going to have to ask themselves the hard questions
1: i'd like like again it's hard to have an opinion and all that without being educated on the mm-hmm. matter but i'd love to know what goes into the training especially in a, a u.s department like like the whole brotherhood thing is that something that is drilled in on a training like like you you talk about like kind of like the military and stuff like that and how it's like the person next to you is your brother you mm. will lay down your life and all that kind of stuff for your brothers and that and i can i i i wonder if that's a similar Way that's being done, because when it comes to the military, when you watch movies and that and stuff with the military, it's a similar thing. And that you've got the certain soldiers that will go in and they'll like uh, attack civilians or they'll rape women and and stuff like that. The rest of the platoon, the brotherhood, won't speak out. It's just that's what it is. And I think, I wonder if that is just something that's taught within the training, that no matter what, you stand by your brother, because like, when I'm, when I, you learn that, say, like a delivery driver, we've got delivery drivers that can't do the job, they're bad delivery drivers. Mm -hmm. We're not sitting there going, no, we will stand by your brother, like, he is a good... So like, no, we go... Get him to fuck because he's losing us money. Yeah. That's it. Like, he's making us look bad. Look at it. Like, nobody wants to come to your company because, like, we can't deliver a simple parcel. And it's like, our job as a delivery driver is to deliver parcels. If you can't do that, why the fuck are you here? And it's... In my opinion, it's, it's similar. Like, if your sole purpose is to serve and protect the the people of the community... If you don't do that, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what brotherhood do you think you're a part of? Because as far as anybody's concerned, you're just a prick, you're just an arsehole that nobody's going to give a fuck about. Whereas, if you're the person that stood up, like, yeah, there might be some shitty-ass cops that will kind of, oh, you're a snitch, we're not going to give you any information. But see when you've got 47 million people that are sitting there going he's one of the fucking good ones. I know what I'd rather have.
2: Yeah,
0: me too,
1: 100%. So it's like, it's. I'd love to know more in the background of the training and stuff like that, just to see if that's where it's stemmed from. Because if that is where it's stemming from, then it's not an easy fix.
2: No, but it's not. It's
1: somewhere to start. Like well, At least we know where to start if this restructuring. Because I it is a lost thing in that you can be I can be driving down the street. Now I'd said throughout that I've never had a negative experience with a, a police officer. I can be driving down the street and see if I see a police car in my rear view mirror. My initial thing is act cool. You yeah. like, no done. And it's like that shouldn't be my initial thought process of Right, I did I do something? I'm prejud- Like, just this, this, the presence of a police car makes me question if I done something, if I broke the law, if I fucked up, if I if, what, what have I done that has resulted in this? And it's like, I've done fuck all. But it's just the mentality towards police officers. That's where it is. Even with someone that's never had a, a negative experience, that is my first go-to thought. And it shouldn't be that way. These people are there to bring safety to community. And just the that's where the whole standing up for the bad cops because you don't want to be a snip, that's where you have to look at it, is that the people do not trust police officers because of these ones that you are not willing to stand up against. Yeah. So you cannot argue or be offended when the public do not trust you because you're not giving them a reason to trust you. Like you don't just give trust willy-nilly. Like i I've find me desired there's a a parcel company here called DPD. Now I've had bad experience with them. I'm pretty sure they've got thousands of drivers and most of them are probably good drivers. But because of the experiences that I've had with DPD I physically cancel orders Two companies that then tell me, like, see, once I've put through all my order and I've paid and all that, see when it comes up, your delivery is now with. I immediately contact and cancel because I do not want my parcel going with that company mm. because of the experiences that I've had with a certain few drivers of that company, and that's that's bad on my part. Like that's that's a fault with me that I am. Um, viewing it that way like there's probably there's, there's nothing wrong with the company as a whole they're a parcel company that's just it they deliver parcels but because the experience that i've had that's the prejudice that i have of it and that's that's the way that people especially in the uk feel because i'm not the only one that has that initial thought when i see a police officer like even kids that are learning, like when we were learning in school, it was always if you have a problem and you go to a police officer, ask the police officer for a help. And it's like, you've now got kids that don't trust police officers. And that should never be the case. Hmm. It should never be that you feel scared and you can't phone the police because you don't know which one's going to turn up. Yeah, I I would
0: agree with that. I I have that similar response too, where it's like if I'm driving, you know, my kids are in the car. I don't yeah, I do like five over because that's you know, that's typical. But can
1: you dangerous I
0: know, right? Five over. Oh no. But yeah, if I see a squad, I'm like, all right, what you know, ten and two, you know. I'm not a bad driver, I don't break a lot of rules, but like, yeah, you're right. I, I have that response of like, oh shit, what'd I do? But then I then I juxtapose that to my friend who is an African American, and I I talked to him about this topic that we were we were discussing tonight, and he goes, he goes, man, you you just don't know, and I'm like, no, I I want to know, tell me, and he's like, yeah, your worst thought when you see a cop is, oh, what am I doing wrong? My worst thought is, am I gonna get
2: shot? Yeah,
1: well, and like, that, that was the point I was going to make is right. My first thought is, what if I done if I broke the law? But after that the police pass by. For most people in minorities, the police don't pass by. Yeah. That's that is that's the that's the truth of it.
0: Yeah, and that touches on the systemic racism point that you made earlier that um there is a lot of systemic racism built into policing because policing was built by the, the powers that be the ones that are in charge so of course police are going to be and the science is there folks like if you're about to say oh dude read any fucking study that's come out in the last 10 years it is guaranteed scientifically proven that cops arrest african-americans latinos and minorities far and away more than they arrest white folks and it's a fact you can't even argue it so systemic racism is a thing and that's one thing that also needs to be addressed and acknowledged because the the origins of policing in the US was I'm going to I'm going to say something that's going to upset a lot of people slave posses the first cops were legalized slave catchers who chased down and brought back runaway slaves and from those posses came about the early police departments. So you can't tell me that systemic racism isn't built into policing. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't, you know, I'm not saying anything that's not new. People just don't want to face the facts that is there and they don't want to address it because in order to address systemic racism, we need to admit that we fucked up and we got a lot of rebuilding and restructuring and a lot of amends we need to make. I'm not talking about reparations and stuff, but there's a lot of amends we need to make because there's a lot of people who were wrongly harassed, who were wrongly profiled, who were wrongly imprisoned, who were wrongly executed. And in order for us to move forward and and better ourselves as a society and have better policing, we need to acknowledge that as well as like we talked about restructuring and and adding new programs. Because 9 times out of 10 when I see a cop, I don't I don't sweat shit. Like I I see officers in my neighborhood all the time and I live in a predominantly Hispanic and black neighborhood. I can walk out and be like, "What's up, boss?" And i will be like, "Hey, what's going on?" My neighbors won't come out; they won't say shit. But every officer that's in our neighborhood is a pretty decent dude or chick, like. Sweet and we've got mixed, we've got mixed teamed officers. We got white cops and black cops and Hispanic cops that run our neighborhood. But like, I'm I'm cool with all of them. I go out and talk to them. Like the other night, I was taking the trash out and my dog was out with me. Cop was over on the side of the road. I walked right over. Dog walked over. Cop was like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, not much, man. How's your night? Why can I do that? But yet my neighbors can't. Because they're fucking afraid. They don't know. But I don't have that fear. And I. they should be able to do the same thing that I do. But they can't. Because they don't know who they're getting.
2: Exactly.
0: And that's fucking bullshit. And And the opposite is true. Right? The opposite is true because... Then you get these fucking shit heads who do nothing but go fuck you, pig, and suck my dick, and you're a fucking baby killer. Like, bro, do you not have any sense in your brain? Like, uh, what? What do you expect? You called the cop a fucking pig, and you called them a fucking uh, the worst thing on the planet. What do you What do you think he was gonna be nice to you and say, "Oh, that's okay, happy to do this." Fuck no. At my job as a professional security officer, if you say "fuck you," I'm going to turn around and go, excuse the fuck out of you? I'll take yeah. this uniform off right now and we'll swing.
1: What do you think? be honest, you the a fucking delivery driver. I've had moments where somebody's and I've went, here. I don't give a fuck if you don't come back to my company. Like, I will knock you the fuck out. If you ever talk to me, Like you talk to anybody with that tone of voice, who the fuck do you think you are? Let alone a cop. Nobody?
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It boggles my mind. I think I think I think it's important, though, as we offer critique on the police, we also need to critique ourselves. And that's why I brought that up, because, like you said, when we grew up, go get a cop. You can always go to a cop nowadays. You can't. And it's mainly because the shitheads of the world have made it. So there is that divide between us where cops are viewed as like the enemy and the public on the cops persona is viewed as like, oh, they're potential targets. And I think yeah. I think before we can grow forward and move forward with any of what we discussed, um, there needs to be there needs to be acknowledgement and acceptance on both sides of the stupid shit that's gone on and the bad shit that's gone on. We need to acknowledge it, air it out, make amends for it, and then proceed together. Otherwise, we're gonna have the same old bullshit, the same old systemic racism, the same old fucking bad cops getting protected by good cops. But it it requires both sides. And both sides, to be honest, and I think a lot of times humans don't want to admit their mistakes. cops don't want to admit yeah. they were wrong, and like kids don't want to admit that they broke the law, or people don't want to admit that they broke the law or they or they pushed the cop too far, or they willfully broke the law like I know going five over is technically illegal, like I know I'm breaking the law technically, but yeah. there's an agreement between most people and and officers like. If you just just don't be doing a hundred and twenty into thirty-five. Like, you know, yeah. five over, we're not gonna worry about it. It's not worth the paperwork, it's not worth our time when there's other shit going on. But I, I think I think if you wanna I mean I'll leave it up to you to put a final thought on this and then we'll we'll go into some rambles because we've been going on this for about twenty five, thirty minutes or so. So if you want to add a final thought. Uh well oh.
1: my final thought, which I would put this final thought on everything is I, I cannot like even yourself after this is done i i, I do want to kind of look up a few of your points because you made a few statements of like that scientific fact and stuff like that i'd like to get the 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 details of it i i just i'd like to get more details on it because without the kind of i i don't like putting those kind of facts out if I don't have the facts anything. Kind of thing. So, for my final thought is, don't just take everything as it is. Right. Do your research, look into it. If you feel as if the police are on the wrong side, research it and explain why that is. If you think that the police are there, research it and explain why that's your argument. Don't just go on Facebook or Twitter and because this person that got 20,000 likes on a post must be true. That's not how this works. That is not how any of this works. Do your research, look into things. If you want to put out an opinion, put out an informed, educated opinion. As far as I'm concerned, I don't have enough information or research on the goings-on of police departments training or anything like that. So my opinion is purely based on my own understanding of to how things work, and if there is anybody that has information or a difference of opinion, please get in touch because I'd love to. I'd love to know more from both sides as to why. And if anybody can put through an informed, not just shouting and bawling, and I'm right, you an informed debate, let me know. Yeah, I,
0: I would definitely agree with the final point. Like I said, a lot of my points. I made through my experiences with having friends who are officers going through some educational training in college and and spending a lot of time around cops and even I don't know all the ins and outs a lot of my points I made based off of anecdotal and experiential evidence from what i got and when with what Chris said, one hundred percent do your research if if you disagree with any of the points you raised or or any of the arguments we have, this is why we're doing this topic. We want there to be an open forum. We want there to be an open discussion because the more we can discuss this topic, the more we can make informed choices about how we go forward with law enforcement and the potential restructuring or how we conversate about policing as as not only an institution, but as a service to our communities. Because maybe and this is my hope of why why we've discussed this like it is this is my hope maybe somebody hears this and they're like hey doc said something that i should look up or or chris said this point was he right do i need and maybe that encourages them to do the research and branch out and maybe down the line that person becomes somebody who does restructure or rewrites the way policing is maybe that that kid that hears this or that young adult who was trying to figure out the world. Maybe it, It pulls them from what they're doing and says, oh, yeah, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it starts the conversation that leads to change. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But I don't think it detracts from the conversation to have an honest discussion about how we feel about it and how we see it from our perspective. And that's what it is. It's our perspective. It's our opinion. You can either be angry about it and holler at me on Twitter and I'll mute your ass or. You can say, hey docs, you made this point. Here's why I disagree, or here's why I agree. So we'll we'll head into my ramble because it, it kinda dovetails into what we talked about last week, common courtesy and, and a little bit of uh legal action. So I said this week was good and my weekend was really good, but it ended on a sour note. What happened was I <laughs> go away, you're, you go away. And the girlfriend responds like no. <laughs> This weekend was really good, but it ended on a sour note. What happened was my daughter went skating, roller skating, or roller skateboarding. I got it. My brain wasn't working. Um, My daughter went skateboarding with her friend, and they were in a park, and she dropped her phone. She was trying to put it back in her pocket, missed the pocket, it hit the cement, she skated past it, didn't know, realized it was missing, turned around, some kid fucking asshole picked it up and was like yo is this your phone and her and her girlfriend like yeah it's that and he just fucking yeeted that bitch into the into the lake (laughs) and my daughter comes home and she's upset obviously dad my phone's in the lake i'm sorry i was like all right don't worry about it. it wasn't your fault let's go let's go down there and see if we can't find it and maybe address the situation we go down there, can't find it, locator's offline because it's obviously in the lake. We go to talk to the individual who you know, the little fucking shithead kid who fucking threw it in the lake and, oh, fuck you, blah, 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 And that becomes a thing and, you know, it starts to get very agitated. We gotta call the police and the police show up and it becomes an even bigger thing and it, uh, all it boils down to is, well, the cops come to us and go, well, we can't do anything to the individual because your, her phone is considered abandoned property. Excuse me. It fell out of her pocket, landed on the sidewalk for less than two minutes. And this little fucking jackass picks it up, asks her if it's her phone. Both the girls say, yeah, that's her phone. And he wings it in the lake and that's abandoned property.
1: Yeah, like as soon as she claimed that it was hers, it's no longer abandoned,
0: and that was the argument we made. And it was like, nope, can't. We don't agree with that. Blah 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 blah. So to make a long story short, and not to, to belabor the point, is one. I think the cops were wrong because, like you said, she acknowledged it was her property. The kid acknowledged that. You know, he's like, oh okay, wing. It's no longer abandoned property. What should have happened is that kid should have been arrested. Brought down, to, and here's what I've liked to have seen happen. This is what this is what I'm saying. So, hear me out before you start roasting me in the comments. Throw the kid in the back of the squad, drive him down to the station, contact his parents, explain to them why the kid is down at the station. He's not being charged with anything right now, but he is being hauled in because he did allegedly chuck a phone into the lake. Yeah. We've got two eyewitnesses that said they did it. What my girlfriend and I would have done would would have asked the parents that, hey, we don't necessarily want to press charges, but what we would like to see happen is the kid get some sort of punishment in the home and that you, the parents, give us the cash value of the phone. We won't press any charges. There'll be no police report. None of that. We're good with that. But no, the cops didn't even want to do that. They were like, well, it's a thing. You know, we don't really want. It's abandoned property. I don't understand that. Like, the the kid winged a phone in a lake. Clearly, there was a crime committed.
1: Like, like I'm pretty sure that then comes under as a uh, destruction of private property. Yeah.
2: Or even theft. Because they don't, yeah. like...
0: So, I don't want to belabor the point of the cops, but I was really frustrated with that because my daughter... She's no angel. None of my kids are. They all fuck up. They all have their bad habits. They're all idiots in their own right. They're not perfect. They make mistakes all the time. But my, my daughter has been raised to recognize the expense and the responsibility that technology is. This shit ain't cheap. She and her brother all have to pay their bill. And the way they pay the bill is they are expected to uphold B grades. On average, you have to have B's on your report card. And you are not only to do your chores, but other chores that are not asked of you to pay your bill. Because dad pays the bill. Yeah. But you pay dad by having a B or, average high, or B or higher grades and by doing the extra work around the house without. and the key is to not being asked to do it. Because so if I'm going to ask you to do it, you're not paying your bill. I'm telling you to do it. My daughter has gone above and beyond this and understands the responsibility. That's why she was so heartbroken. And I think the big point of my ramble is, in the end, I was able to get her a new phone because I have, you know, I, I'm one of those parents that pays for the high-end insurance on things like computers, tablets, phones, and my vehicles. I don't get, like, two-year protection plans for everything I buy, but something that's like a phone, that's a necessity, I'm going to. Yeah. She got a new phone. We've got it set up. It it, it was all taken care of, but like in the end, the fact that the cops were unwilling to do anything about it, so that we could at least get it resolved, and we could get
1: that was the kind of main
0: right. The 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 kids should face some sort of consequence for what he did, and he's probably not going to. And yeah, we and
1: how many times like like that's where it kind of stems from is when will it stop for him. How many mm-hmm. more people is he gonna find with that? Like how many times how much worse is the crimes that he commits gonna become because and he's it emboldened could have all being stopped and butted if yesterday that was taken care of. Mm-hmm. Instead of just allowing it to snowball and snowball and snowball and that's it. So And the thing is is like
0: the neighborhood we live in, it's its a blue-collar, hardworking neighborhood. So my my benefit of the doubt is this kid's parents would have been, like, mortified that their son did that. They would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. if we had had the opportunity to meet down at the police station on neutral ground and say, this is what we would like to see, I'm sure the parents would have been, you bet your ass it's going to happen. I'm so sorry this happened. But now this kid will be able to be like, oh, well, I didn't get busted for yeeting like a hundreds of dollar phone in the lake. My mom and dad aren't going to find out that I fucking stole and destroyed someone's property. So now he can do whatever he wants. But on some levels, I think that. And, and I'm, I'm going to shit on the cops a little bit here because I'm kind of angry about it. They just didn't want to deal with it. They just want, didn't want to deal with the hassle of having to deal with the situation. Because they probably assumed that I had insurance on the phone and I could just get her another one.
1: Yeah,
2: and it just, it's so that, just
1: again that is not the point. The, right, this whole thing like laws are in place for these things not to occur, and what's the point in having the laws if the people that are supposed to uphold the laws aren't doing so?
0: Yeah, and and like we said, what what's to stop that kid from doing something else or something worse if like. Like, I remember back in the day when I was a kid, I stole a pack of Batman trading cards from the local gas station. Right? I didn't oh, have
1: them. i to judge you so I much. know,
0: right? Oh, don't worry. It, it gets it gets worse.
1: Such a, I hope the police see this and come after you. Oh, so no. Horrible, horrible human being.
0: And I, I did. I was like eight, right? I took them. I, I willfully knew I was breaking the law. My mom... Found them and beat the ever loving fuck out of me. And I'm not advocating that this kid get an ass whooping like I got. Like that was not my point. But my mom beat my ass, bloodied my lip, fucked me up, then walked me down fresh bloodied lip and all to the gas station. Made me return and tell the gentleman that I lost, that I stole the cards because I wanted them and couldn't, didn't have the money to pay for them. Then she not only paid for the cards but made me work two weekends washing that man's windows, sweeping the steps.
2: This kid could have faced consequences that may have yeah. avoided further shit,
0: and now he's just gonna he's gonna skate. Because and either it does
1: touch on the whole F the, the- Cops weren't willing to do the one A4 sheet of paperwork, it would have been put into then that. How can we expect them to want to do the rape cases, the murder cases, the stalking that? Because there's a lot more paperwork involved in that. And if they're not willing to do the simplest of jobs, how can we trust that they'll be willing? Because, like, again, it goes just falls into the argument where a lot of people feel let down by the police mm-hmm. and not taking action either sooner or at all and it's like well when you're looking at it to the point of they're not even doing the simplest of tasks of pulling up a child for destruction of property then what what are we even expecting
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. this
1: is where you start getting the scary points of are we just going to have vigilantes that are just going to go find out where these people that have committed the crime and take
0: care to their own hands. Yeah, and like I said, my, I, I back in back in the day, because we do reference our, our, our growing up, back in the day, my mom would have met with any parent if I had done something to some kid. If I had kicked the kid's ass or stole the kid's shit, my mom would have showed up at that parent's house. The two parents would have sat in the living room, talked it out. I would have got an ass whooping by both parents. Mm-hmm. And then my ass would have been working in that person's garage or their yard or their home or whatever to make amends for the wrong i committed now this kid for the most part like i'm not there i don't know what happened after but i can almost guarantee that this kid's like not, nothing's gonna happen to this kid he's just gonna do it again to somebody else and maybe that other person doesn't take his shit and hurts him Hmm. or maybe it's something worse and that kid hurt somebody and that that's that was my concern was like watching that whole thing unfold i just i kept thinking that i'm like this kid's not gonna have anything done to him and either he's gonna try it again and someone who isn't us is gonna fuck that kid up and potentially hurt him real bad or he's gonna go and just escalate and escalate because in that moment If you look at your life, there's a crossroads, right? You always have these crossroads in your life. Like, if X happens, these things then trigger. If Y happens, these things trigger, right? The decisions you make have consequences, and those consequences then inform further decisions. This kid didn't get a consequence for whipping, like, a $300, $400 phone into a lake. Didn't get nothing. Cops told him, you know, go home, don't do it again, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's gonna tell his parents that he did that. He's not gonna serve any meaningful consequence, and that was that was my takeaway. It wasn't the fact that my daughter lost her phone. It wasn't the fact that the cops were being lazy, I guess, in in a sense, or they had they had deemed it where it wasn't worth their time. But my concern is like, what happens to this kid down the road? Because yeah. for a long time, my oldest. Uh my oldest who has a lot of mental health problems and he's doing better now. He's doing really good now. He didn't have consequences. Like we would give him consequences at the house, but he wouldn't face consequences at school or like the 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 child system, the the legal system didn't want to deal with him because he was always oh, just a kid, he's had a rough life and it just it made him escalate his shit worse. Yeah. And it ultimately culminated in some really bad shit for him. That could have been all avoided if people who have the ability to do stuff and make decisions to give consequences or, or pursue legal issues would have stepped up and, and took the time to do the job and listen to what was being said. Maybe he would have been spared those years of pain and suffering, but instead he had yeah. to go through it. And, and that was my thought of, like, this kid. What What's going to happen to this kid if if... He didn't he didn't get a consequence for this pretty nasty issue. Because when we got there, man, the, the kids were saying like eleven and ten year olds were just saying like we're gonna kill you, fuck you like and I'm I'm being completely you know, I'm not but it was just the most vile shit. And I was like yeah. I was like, bro, if you were an adult, I would fucking throw you in the lake right now. I'd fucking beat your ass and break your jaw for the way you're speaking to this woman here. And that child that, like, dude, you don't fucking talk to people like that. You're only getting away with it because you're 11. And if you're you're lucky, I can't fucking knock your head off your shoulders. Like, that was, yeah. like, I had to walk away. I was like, I'm going to kill somebody out here. Because that's just the level of disrespect that was spewed at us. I was like, we didn't even go up in there aggressive. We were just like, hey, what's the deal? Can we get some, you know, answers? That was just like, fuck you, blah, blah, bitch, whore, that motherfucking. bro. Come at me with that energy when you're 18. Come at me with that energy when you're 18. I will literally hospitalize you. And then I'll tell your parents what you did and they'll show up at the hospital and whoop your ass for the way you acted. But you know, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. It's just, I I wish, I wish that, that, that courtesy and that respect and and the officers maybe would have done something so that a future event like this could be avoided. I guess that's my takeaway is like, I really wish there would have been some form of resolution outside of us, you know, basically paying for the insurance, to get her a new phone. I I, I wish there would have been a resolution that maybe a lesson could be taught to that kid, yeah. so that he can make better better choices in the future. Yeah, but that so, that's my ramble, you know.
1: Yeah, that that went a, a lot different from the the thing you'd put up because I was uh, my initial thing reading the document was we're going to talk about ensuring your shit <laughs> well and, and i and that that, that is that was the kind of the takeaway i took from it is ensure your tech <laughs> well yeah <Take> <laughs> that 15 a month insurance because assholes be assholes yeah
0: no for real it, 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 <laughs> i guess that is the overall moral of the story because like if you if you have if you have a thousand dollar smartphone and it gets yeeted in a leg Fifteen dollars—that fifteen-dollar-a-month charge—really saved my ass because yeah. she'd have been ass out of a phone for however fucking long it would have been. <laughs> I mean, I would have given it her brothers because he ain't paying his bill in months, so fuck him. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Uh, like,
1: if you—if
0: you have high-end tech, don't be Scrooge, man. Pay that fifteen dollars. I
1: wouldn't even say high-end tech. See, just tech. Man. Yeah, you can't go without because i mean i'm quite handy because the insurance here it's all like whenever we discuss anything that involves money it's so much easier here (laughs) it's always easier and cheaper here but it's like my car insurance mm -hmm. literally comes with a 2500 pound tech insurance for my property not within the car just my property. So if my computer gets stolen or my phone gets stolen or anything like that, insurance pays out. And that's my car insurance. That's not even property insurance that you take out when you've got your house. Dude, I'm mad jealous right now. <laughs> like, even my breakdown cover mm-hmm. has loss to possessions and my car. And that's just my breakdown cover. Like, if my car gets stolen, Anything that was in it, my breakdown cover pays for it. Wow, <laughs> that would be fucking nice. And my car insurance works out at something like 60 quid a month. Uh, and, mine's 45. You know, yeah, but I've no be driving as long as you. Well, I also I, I, I'm a delivery driver, so that puts my thing up, right. Which is built. Yeah, but I don't get um, I don't get like property coverage or tech yeah. coverage. But fuck you, man. And my breakdown covers something like two pound a month.
2: Oh, just my ass, dude. And
1: that's for, coming out. And the funniest thing is, is I've got European coverage, so it's like the and normally what will happen is it'll be like if you're two miles from your home, they'll tow you to your house. If not, they'll tow you to the nearest garage. My cover at £2 a month takes me home. So if I'm 500 miles away, they'll tow my ass. Oh, kiss my ass! And I have key coverage.
0: Bro, we get 8 miles. No matter where we... You get 8 miles. That's it. You get 8 miles with my, with my
1: breakdown cover. m and
0: Yeah. 8 miles to the nearest garage or your house. That's it. 8 miles. Go kiss my ass, mister. I got it. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm so angry now. Fuck you, Chris.
1: That'll skin you like a pound a month if you oh. want just the eight
0: miles. Oh my god, right. fuck that, dude! to double that
1: price and get full European cover.
0: I wish, I wish. That's just bullshit. But yeah, like, like I said, man. I, I mean, we paid for it. We got the insurance. Like, so if you're, if you're one of them Scrooges who's like, ah, I don't, I don't gotta pay for device insurance. Pay for the device insurance. No, assholes business.
1: are assholes. I would say, Pay for all insurance. Like, see, even insurance that you don't think you'll need. Travel insurance. The amount of people that say they don't take out travel insurance. I take out travel insurance because when this hit and my flights to America got cancelled, I got my payout immediately because my travel insurance covered it. Everybody else is having legal battles with BA and they have to fight for it. Six, seven months later, they're finally getting a coupon for money off their next flight. British Airways, and it's like as soon as I contacted them, I went look, this is the deal, here's my insurance, and they went, it'll be back in your account within five working days Jesus, that, that must be nice and I paid three forty seven for my travel insurance for their flights Was that like $3? dollars 3
0: pound forty 47
1: Yeah, just for my, my travel like, you can take out like, a yearly coverage, like when I was working abroad a lot I did have a, a kind of i think it worked at something like 45 pounds a year right and that was for the year any flights that i went on Mm -hmm. in certain countries like i would have to take an extra one if i was coming to the states or anything like that but it it does like you think you don't need it and then that one time it happens that you will need it so your best bet is just it's it's always funny because it's like no, I'm not paying that kind of money for insurance. And you're like, you just paid £800 for a flight and you're not going to pay £3 for a fucking insurance? What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? It's yeah. like, we started, our supermarkets, they brought in a bag charge Well, because we used the plastic bags, the government implemented that you had to pay five pence, five p <laughs> for a bag. And people would turn up and complain. Now, the money didn't go to the shops, it went to charity. Right. It was a government incentive thing that the money went to charity. Mm-hmm. People would complain about having to spend 5p, 10p, 20p on three, four, five bags. And you're like, you've just done your month shop at £500 and you're going to bitch because you're having to pay an extra 50p so that you can carry your shit. Do you know what? Lift everything by your fucking horns and carry it to fucking. Well, yeah, Simple. <laughs> you're like, what are you moaning about? Like, How can you moan when you literally have to then pay an extra point two percent?
2: Yeah, what you've
1: just paid.
0: People in money, man. People in money are funky. Like I'm, like I said, I'm one of those dads. Like I'll, I'll pay for the insurance because, like, I don't know, you know. So whatever, I, I pay fifteen bucks a month. Like I think, I think it's like fifteen for like total device protection for all, all the devices on my phone and like. I was talking to somebody and they're like, "Oh, I don't got insurance. I'll just get a new phone." Okay, I don't got twelve hundred dollars laying around. You know, this happened and they sent me a phone instantly. It was I, 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 it happened on Saturday or Sunday. It was Sunday, and the phone was here on Monday. Like, I don't have yeah. to pay for it. It's like a four hundred dollar phone that I didn't have to fork over. It cost me ten dollars for a deductible. It's like. I paid ten dollars and they sent my daughter a new phone. Like like Well my...
1: well also say is back up your tech. Yeah. Like, so oh one hundred percent. Like that's why I absolutely love I've got the Pixel. I've I've went with Google for the last four years. Um I got the Pixel one and now I've got the Pixel three. I don't even buy the phone. Like I just buy it outright from a local fucking we have a shop and it's called Game. Basically, it's where you get your video games. Right. But they've also started doing that. They'll buy your old phones, refurbish them, and sell them again. That's how I do it because my phones go through a lot of fucking shit. I pass it to customers and you know, all that need to sign for stuff. I don't need something that's a grand worth. If it phones and it textes, I'm happy. Um. So it's like I'll I'll pay two or three hundred pounds for my phone. Just that that's it, and that will do me four or five year like yeah that's just how it is but i back everything up and because i've got the google everything from the computer is through google drive
2: yeah
0: i've been thinking about that actually
1: can transferred straight away like all everything gets synced and backed up and i can access it to it and then just export it to any new phone that i get with google
0: yeah i've been thinking like, about that because i'm i'm due for an upgrade i'm due for an upgrade and i have a i have a galaxy s8 plus i got the old galaxy and I, when the pixels came out i was like "Ooh, i'm tempted but i never knew anyone that had one and i'm like because i do like i do everything from here I i like do stream chat from here i do twitter for networking i do i do like i wrote the podcast document on this thing the other day <laughs> like i do everything on this so it's like having some having insurance on this is key, and then having that backup because i i do i sync everything to Google on this, everything is synced through Google on this, but yeah. I didn't know that the pixel was like automatically like it does it sync automatically oh, yeah, like,
1: just I have to go manually and... sync everything no that just does it. it's even if I take a photo on my phone, I can go on a, my Google photos on my browser, I can go to my desktop, mm-hmm. and I can load up. All my photos from anywhere in the world. I oh, can nice. give you my login details and you can load up my photos and take shit that you want. At mm, nice. that level, that you can find me. At. Um plus the, the thing that made me get it is people can say whatever they want, but personally, you're not gonna beat the camera on that phone. You've seen the shit I post up. That's yeah, for a, that's for my Google phone. That that it's nothing special, it's nothing fancy, it's all from that phone. Right. And That's it's it. it's not even an app. It's the camera itself. It's just the, the basic camera app and it's mm-hmm. just their own thing that I use to take the pictures. So it's like I I think it's fantastic. It's got to the point where when I was doing my uh, trip down to England and stuff like that, and I was away for a couple of days, I actually charged up my old Pixel One, mm-hmm. wiped it. And purely used it to record and take pictures on my travel, nice. just so that I had something at the back. Because even the 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 original Pixel, the camera is phenomenal. Yeah, it's good shit for sure, for sure.
0: All right, buddy, let's hit your ramble. Seems how we kind of trailed off on my ramble there. <laughs> so your <laughs> so ramble my this ramble week.
1: Is a bit different. It's definitely different. The only reason I don't know why it came into my head. I think it was because I've been missing my TV show that it's... I don't do TV and movies. Not right. that I don't like it, it's just I do not have the time and the patience to watch it. Neither do because I. Because I've got ADHD. It's like I can't just sit and watch something for a prolonged period of time. Like It takes me three days to watch a movie and I'll watch a movie in half an hour increments. It's mm. just how it is. Um, my main way of watching things is YouTube. YouTube and Spotify is what I use. I'll just... Random five-minute videos, ten-minute videos and, and stuff. At the moment, I'm going through a Critical Role. Fucking fantastic. Love um, Critical Role. But uh, with this, is, I've got certain programmes that I will forever watch and binge. It's the only programmes that just seem to keep my attention. Mm-hmm. And one of it, which is... I want to say it's a touchy subject, considering what we've been talking about this episode so far. you're right no, it's my one of my favorite shows is Ghost Adventures
2: okay.
1: and it's the paranormal world that is what I'm wanting to sort no so much discuss and kinda explain because even me I've no got that much, although I will say I found and have signed up for uh ghosted investigating course nice. online. It's a twenty to thirty hour course with all different learning techniques and stuff like that. And at the end of it, if I pass the test, I get my certificate as a professional ghost investigator. Oh, we're so. we're definitely
0: going over to Scotland on a ghost hunt. We'll we'll film that shit. We'll film that shit <laughs> oh, for a podcast.
1: Man. I'll be a professional, so
0: I'll be allowed. Exactly. Um, we're We mark it down. We're going. We're going to Stonehenge, and we're going. Where else are we going? Where's a good Scottish thing to go to? We'll go. We'll go to the Hadrian's we'll Wall in the and shit.
1: In Edinburgh. What we'll are the Edinburgh dungeons? Ooh, nice. Proper haunted. Proper but haunted. i mean, i mean. The the way I was talking about it is it was less about me explaining stuff and it was more putting out. Do you believe in it? Not necessarily. Just the paranormal of ghosts. Not necessarily, like say that UFOs, because we already know they're real anyway. Oh yeah. But it's the ghost. Like, do you have any experience? Do you have any stories? But what is your take on the paranormal world and the kind of science and stuff that is slowly seem to be getting a bit more traction?
0: Okay. So are you asking me or are you going to explain first?
1: I'm asking you.
0: Oh, bro. That shit's real as fuck, bro. (laughs) I got stories for days. I'm hearing like trust me, I believe. I believe in ghosts. Like, 100% paranormal. Like, not every paranormal thing is, like, I I think is legitimate. But there are definitely, there's definitely entities and energies and otherworldly events that happen. Because I've, hand to the gods and hand them my balls. There have been experiences, bro. Yeah. One, when we moved into the new house that we're in for the last couple years, every time, like, until we got the dog. Figure this one out. Every night, everybody would go to bed, and I would stream, and I would work late before I moved to first shift. After I wrapped everything up, I would turn the lights off, and I would round the corner to go to the stairs, and instantly I would have to run up the stairs because I thought something was going to kill me. Like some, I felt something running behind me, like a some some vicious, mean spirited entity chased me up the stairs trying to kill me
2: in this
1: house though, is that not pretty much everybody no I, mean, I used to i would turn off the light down the stair and sprint like a bitch <laughs> and get up to the next light because i think it's even when you're sitting there i'm sleeping in my bed so I, i'll go oh it's too hot and i'll put my foot up, and then go oh no that demon under my bed will get my foot and it gets put straight back under <laughs>
0: Bro, you could feel it. Like, the air in the, like, the, you could feel the tension. Like, the minute the light goes off and I turn the corner or I make for the stairs, it just, it just felt like just just a malevolent sort of just coming at me. And I'd haul Jones up the stairs. Once I hit the top landing, once I hit the top of the stairs, it went away. The lights weren't on. It was still dark as fuck. But it went away.
2: Now, here's the thing. The minute we got Nick's. That shit don't happen no more. That shit don't happen no more.
0: Because I'll turn out the lights. Nick's will be standing right next to me. And I'll say, all right, time for bed. She'll run up the stairs to the first landing. And she'll sit down and watch as I walk up. We've had Nix a year and a half. I haven't been chased up the stairs in a year and a half. I haven't had something trying to eat my ass. Like the Baron Revenant. In like a year and a half. So yeah, I've had experiences there. Now. Another experience I had, I had when I was a teenager and we were living in a place called Ford River in upper Michigan. We were living in this double wide trailer out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. The only thing around us was like a power sports store and the bar where my mom worked and the Creek. And then down the road was this old ass cemetery. And I love cemeteries. I love being in cemeteries. I love hanging out in cemeteries. I think they're peaceful. I think they're, they're just, they're, there's something about a cemetery that I enjoy. And I'm not like. You know me, I'm not the most gothic, morbid kind of guy, but, like, just hanging out in the cemetery is just it's chill. Like, I'm cool, right? So one day, I'm hanging out in the cemetery. Hand to God, hand on my balls, like I said. Hanging out in the cemetery, and this little girl comes, you know, I'm just sitting on a headstone, writing in my journal, you know, because I, I used to write stories and stuff when I was younger. Now I'm too fucking busy. But I would be writing a story, and this little girl comes walking up, you know, Little blonde girl with a with a ball. And she kind of stops and she goes, Hi. And I'm like, Hi, what's going on? She goes, Nothing. She kind of cocks her head and she goes, Why do you like it here? And I was like, It's peaceful, you know, it's I I like it. You know, it's away from the craziness and whatnot. And she kind of got this look on her face. She's like, Huh. That makes sense. And I was like, Why? And she goes, It's because you belong here. And then she just laughed to herself and started trottling along with the ball, skipping away, just do-do-do-do-do, right?
2: And when I looked at her, the sun was coming down and I could see through the bitch! My ass got off the gravestone, ran home,
0: and was like, I'm gonna go hide in my closet for about 20 minutes, because that Hand of the gods, hand of my balls. True story. Holy fuck. Yeah, dude. Mm-mm. So yeah, you you want to talk about ghosts? Apparently, 100%. I'm a believer, bro. Bel- believer.
1: I think it's definitely a topic where I'm a, like, I'm a believer of sorts to the extent of I can admit or accept when I think something can be explained. My, my main thing of it is you have explainable and unexplainable, whereas, like, something can happen. Like, I, I've put a few uh, documents in, in PDFs and stuff like that that I will attach to uh, the YouTube and the Spotify and stuff like that if you want further reading kind of thing. But the way I kind of I made it of, there is way to explain certain things that happen these pdfs kind of put into the science and stuff like that as to why your brain might have seen something or it might think something and stuff like that so there is things that you can explain so that is one thing that i really like about the Post adventures program is that so many times though like something will happen like a door will open or a window will blow shut or stuff like that and they go and investigate it and try and debunk it and a lot of the times the will go oh, what's happened is the winds blew this part and this pit fell against it and it's caused the bang and it's flung the door shut. So that was not a ghost. That was, it was just something uh-huh. that happened. So that's where I kind of put my thing is there's things that can be explained, but there is still a lot of things that can't be explained. So it's a topic I've always liked discussing because so many people just don't want to get the time of day, and it's never a, a a good debate that you get to have. It's just a you're just being stupid. So my story that kind of got me thinking was it was a good few years ago. It was when I started working at my first job as a delivery driver, um, and I used to the the area that I used to work in. It was I mean it's hard not and you've got Glasgow, you've got like the main cities but dotted around the, the major cities, you've got the smaller kind of towns and villages and stuff like that. Mm. And I would work just north outside Glasgow, um, and I would have to go between probably about five or six of these little towns and villages, and there was this this one street, and it was like a, a national speed limit country road. Mm. There was fields on either side. There was uh, the, the, the river forth that went through it kind of thing. Um, and it linked up to the little towns. It was maybe a mile, a mile and a half. wasn't that long of a road. And I've been up and down this road plenty of times to the point where I can see and know where the cars are going to be coming from and all that kind of stuff. And I can literally get right along it, just whizzing through, racing lines and everything kind of thing. But this one particular time, I was driving along, just mind my own business, I waited to do a delivery, and as I was driving along this road, this guy stepped out in front of the van, maybe 20 feet, now at this point I'm going 50 miles per hour, like I'm going the speed limit of the road, Okay. in a van, and this guy 20 feet in front of me, stepped out in front of the van and turned and looked at me, not face on, he was still like as if walking, and it was as if he'd stepped out, and then looked to see the van coming, I flung everything into the brakes, handbrake, everything to try and stop, and I went right, I just fucking scudded the guy, like I went through that fucker, and oblib- obliterated him, right. and I went into full panic, and I got out the van, and there was nothing there was no damage on the van there was no blood there was no there was no body there was no nothing there was shit in your pants though and it was that kind of way it took me a bit to kind of get over what had just happened Mm. and it wasn't until i'd got back to the shop and on our vans, we had telematics and stuff like that that kind mm-hmm. of registered your speed, your cornering, your braking. And if you harsh braked, it would flag up in the store as if it's like there's been an accident and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I got back to the store, the immediate thing was, what happened? This is fucking alarm bells and all that kind of stuff oh, were going right. on. And I explained what had happened. And they kind of just like I thought you've it's probably just a shadow or something like that. But to me, there it was fields on either sides with the odd tree, which could have been the shadow. But I shit you not, this figure was so close and so detailed, I could see the whites of his eyes, mm. like. That is how detailed this figure was Yeah, And it was about two weeks later I was doing a delivery In one of the other The the village at the other end of it And I was sitting talking And we were just sitting It was a chap that he used to get his delivery On a Friday just before my lunch Because I would do his delivery last And then I would spend my lunch Just sitting talking It was an older chap They didn't really have family or anything Mm. like that So it was one of those ones that I think he just wanted a chat. And I was happy enough just to spend my hour lunch chatting away, having my sandwich, and just giving them the company. And we got talking, and I was talking to him. and I was like, oh, yeah, I and I explained to him what had happened or what I thought had happened. And then I was telling him about how, when I went back to the shop and trying to explain it, so it was just shadow and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that told me that back in 1996, now this was... This was 2013-2014, so 18-year prior. Mm. Three kids, not kids, but like 17-18, were driving in their car along this road during one of the storms. Lost control, went through the guardrail into the river and their bodies weren't discovered. Whoa. Because what had happened is the police suspect that they, when they, the, the car was still there, it was on its roof under the water, because the river wasn't that deep, but it was all under water. Right. But the doors were open. So what they suspected happened is they'd fought to get out, but as they managed to finally get out, it was too late for them to then yep. get out. So the river's then taking them Mm -hmm. further down because of the storm. Right. And what the chap said was, I was not the first person to have seen a figure or a person or something walk by that exact location. And the, the kind of folklore is that it's one of the boys trying to get help and that was why they step out and look at the driver or the van or anything like that is because they're coming out to get help right and so, like even talking about it like the goosebumps are running right oh yeah me too i got it yeah i got them um, and that's just like even discussing it and it was just the fact of how vivid and detailed everything was and it was just the way because i ended up looking it up in that and Everything he said was... There's news stories and stuff like that from when it happened. And that was the the moment where I went, nothing will ever change my mind on whether or not it's true or they exist. Because something happened that day and it's completely changed my fucking existence.
0: Well, yeah. And and like you look at it, you look at it from a cultural perspective, stories of paranormal activity and ghost stories and, and things like that have existed since humankind. Like, yeah. Like literally people have experienced the supernatural in multitude of ways that have been documented in culture after culture, after year, after year, after century, after century. So, I mean, to come out and say, well, paranormal activity or ghosts don't exist, and just dismiss it out of hand, dismisses two thousand years and more of human experience of supernatural events. Now, some of them, I will give credit, are are more sensationalized and, and things like that. But I think, from like I said, my own personal experience, that little girl in the graveyard, dude, that was legit. Like she just disappeared into the setting sun man i was like whoa and then having to run up the stairs cuz i thought something was trying to kill me like i've had experiences where like i've been i've been walking at night and you'll hear and you'll turn around and nothing's there but you fucking knew something was there
2: <laughs>
0: or like i had an experience when i was camping and i went to go pee in the dark 100% I'm walking back from pissing down the trail and I get hit. Just get wailed mid chest. Get ass over tea kettle into the ground. Get up flashlight. Nothing there. Right. Look at myself. My, my shirt's torn. I got claw marks on my chest. Get up and go back to the tent. Go, go wake up in the morning. No animal prints. No tree. No, nothing. But yet, I got knocked on my ass and my shirts ripped. Yeah. Come on, like anecdotally, there's shit there. Like, I mean, even if I, even if we don't have like hard proof on a lot of this stuff, there's there's something yeah. to be said from experiential knowledge, ex, experiential evidence, and anecdotal evidence that something's going on. You 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 can't dismiss yeah. it out of hand. Like, look at like if you've been anywhere where like uh a tragedy has happened or like a gruesome murder like the vibe is different like um go to like Auschwitz and tell me that the ghosts of there ain't walking tell you can't tell me if you go to Auschwitz that there ain't ghosts walking around like you will feel something
1: yeah go to Gettysburg here it. yeah i think that's it is like as you say you uh, can't kind of if you he... It's hard for anybody to be able to completely debunk it. Like to turn around and just completely say it doesn't exist is you're you're just doing a disservice to anything because you're so close minded. So I, like as I'd said, I'll happily admit when some things like some things you see on shows and videos and you're like that that's just that's just stupid. Like that's right. just somebody trying to, try to Thing, yeah. but there's just there's, there's a small amount of times where you see something and you go there's no way to explain how that has happened like even when they bring in scientific experts to review the footage, review the photos to see if they're doctored in any way and, that, and even they turn up and go this has they been altered in any way this is a legit photo and it's like How can you then try and claim that this doesn't have substance? How can you just outright deny anything of it when, again, like I said earlier, unless you have done research, got information and educated yourself on it, your opinion is just yours, but everybody's opinion is literally being shit to anybody else.
2: That's (laughs) that's
1: the joy of an opinion. This is yours. The only person that has to care about it is you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, so, like, I, I completely understand and accept other people's opinions on it, but it is one of those you cannot, you cannot outright deny nor deny that it happens or isn't. Like I'm not sitting here saying ghosts exist. Right. Like definitively. Because there is still so many parameters that we don't know mm-hmm. could have caused whatever happened to me, whatever happened to you, yeah. some psychological thing that we've not uncovered in our brains yet. Facts. Like that's 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 fair enough. But to be able to just outright claim yes or no, just it just makes me think you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and whatever debate we have is meaningless and I'm no for it I'm no interested in it
0: yeah there's something to be said for a healthy dose of skepticism but then like to be 100% like convinced that nothing is there it's just it's just another version of ignorance and closed-mindedness especially when like we said you have decades and centuries of written recorded and talked about like experiences because people's experiences are what they are and until until we develop the technology where we can experience what somebody else experienced in that moment in that moment with that sensory input that that uh the stimuli everything you can't say whether the dude on the on the road i can't tell you that you didn't see the dude and you can't yeah. tell me that something wasn't trying to eat my ass when I was running up the stairs.
1: No, exactly. But again, it's one of those ones that, like when you had said that, and I, I kind of had to kind of joking rebuttal of, well, when you're sitting in your bed, you're thyming. But again, that isn't in a, a discussion or a debate. I wouldn't say that's a case of me just completely saying you're thyming, right? Because again, as you'd said. I can't tell you that mm. you were wrong or right. So yeah. I can't tell you what you felt, what you experienced or anything like that. But it's a healthy way to kind of thing it, that, it's, it's the way this podcast and the idea of this podcast is what I wanted, is that even with your opinion, your belief, you should still be able to see the other side yep. and the reasons why the other person may think it. And that's how this... Ideas is supposed to be and that i came up with this but i was the first one to try and debunk your story and that's that's the how the healthy conversation right. should be is that you can just you can have these kind of discussions and it just seems like such a major like like you said for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years there's documented stories and evidence and stuff like that that suggest that there is something paranormal out there. Oh yeah. We still don't quite have it down.
2: But there's something. And
1: that's enough for me, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I agree. There's
0: definitely something there. Well, we got about 30 45 minutes. we got to blitz through some stuff and finish up with the happy ending. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh hopefully you've been interested in the conversation. The way we do the back half of the podcast is sometimes we do game releases. We only have two to talk about this week. We got a little bit of some culture shock and then we're gonna wrap it up with the happy ending. We'll probably be about eh, 45 minutes. That's that's what we usually tend to do, about two forty-five. Yeah. So let's uh let's let's roll into the game uh releases. I only put two on the list this week because uh, You put a bunch on last week, and then I only found two that really spoke to me. The first one on the list is Evil Genius 2, World Domination for PC. Are you familiar with the Evil Genius franchise? Yeah, the two
1: that you've put down, I don't think I've ever heard of. Okay.
0: Evil Genius was a game that came out in, I believe, the early 2000s, and it was a strategy base builder game where you were a supervillain. And okay. you had to build your base, set traps, hire minion henchmen, and try to kill the heroes and take over the world. Kind of like uh, Overlord, if you're familiar with that game, where you're like the evil demon lord who yeah. builds. Yeah. Similar concept. But this kind of had like this, it had a bunch of like sci fi and supernatural elements to it, where like you could have robot minions or you could build like pit traps and you could have laser grids. Well, they're coming out with a sequel. World domination, baby. Updated graphics, better base building mechanics. Uh, you can customize your henchmen. It looks really fun. I mean, I played the I played the shit out of the original Evil Genius. Uh, it's yeah. one of my all-time favorite strategy games. And uh, Evil Genius 2 looks to continue that legacy with way out there just stupid, like it, easily escapable death trap sharks with laser beams on their heads kind of shit.
2: Yeah. And it,
0: it looks like it's a hell of a good time. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Um, I'm gonna wait for the reviews though, because Evil Genius had a lot of like janky mechanics. I'm hoping they can clean that yeah. stuff up. But if it's any if it has any amount of fun factor like the original Evil Genius, I'll definitely be in. It's something that like it's just it's nostalgia for me. And who doesn't like being the bad guy every
2: once in a while? Yeah.
1: Well I've just pulled up the, the uh website for it just to have a kind of, And uh be honest, like it, it Looks like a game I might be able to get into. It does seem to have that feel of it's, it. It seems to have the kind of graphics of like your Sims
2: mm-hmm.
1: or a park, like you like pretty much what you'd said, right? Um But I do kind of like the look of the game. It I it is stylized
0: like, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean I do also like the fact that if you pre-order now, you're saving ten percent.
0: And don't pre-order games, Not wait, for the, wait <laughs> for the reviews. Wait for the reviews.
2: <laughs>
1: but um yeah, no, it actually does look I mean, don't get me wrong, they've already sold out the collector's edition.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. So there is <laughs> there is some there is some uh there is a fan base for it, so yeah, for sure.
1: Oh, they have a Trojan horse as a bonus item. That's it, I'm sold. <laughs> That's it. That's all the review I need. <laughs>
0: there it is, folks. <laughs> There's your endorsement, folks. The other game I uh, put on the list is Deathloop. Now, this is being done by Bethesda and Arcane Studios. Now, Arcane Studios, for those of you that are in the gaming world, did let's say it with me, Dishonored and Dishonored Two. Now, have you played Dishonored, Chris? I I have not, but I do know of the
1: game.
0: Those are some killer fucking games, man. Arcane Studios, they also did Prey, the new Prey, which is a game right. where yeah. So, if Arcane puts a game out, you know it's going to be on my radar cuz Arcane Studios is amazing. Now, the thing with Deathloop is and I'm not completely 100% like I don't know everything about it, but the concept is is you are an assassin and you have to kill these certain targets in a certain amount of time, but the twist is there's another assassin hunting you and you die. The loop starts over all over. So it's like groundhogs day meets, you know, any type of assassin genre film. And it's got that arcane studio stylized seventies, kind of like seventies, eighties kind of graphical animation with like powers and cool, like music. And it's just very stylized, very cool um and the concept of that asymmetrical i'm hunting the hunter who's hunting these targets and if i kill him i win but if he kills his targets he wins i want to see how they pull that off the trailers look great the mechanics look sound arcane's got a great pedigree but can you do it yeah well that's
1: i've just put up the, the the website of that one and i was just looking the, the, the little description bit here that they've got is Deathloop transports you to the mysterious island of Black Reef where an eternal struggle between two extraordinary assassins will determine the island's future. Is called. you must find a way to put an end to the time loop trapping the island in an endless cycle all while being hunted by the island's inhabitants. Yep. Using your powerful weapons and abilities you'll need to take out eight key targets across the stunning yet chaotic island before the day resets in order to break the loop once and for all. Yep. Lurking in the shadows, his rival assassin Juliana, whose sole mission is to take Colt out and keep the loop going. Learn yep. from each cycle, try new path approaches, and break the loop. That genuinely does sound pretty sweet. And the fact that it's got PlayStation Five there. Yep. <laughs> might just be something that I'm going to have to look into.
0: It's got that roguelite vibe, too. It's got that roguelike element that I love to play because it's like, learn from every death, get better, get stronger, figure yeah. it out. Yeah, it, it's definitely definitely piqued my fancy when the trailer debuted. I was like, ooh. But yeah. It, the
1: the only thing is, just my mind immediately just goes to The Incredibles. Yes. where a Develops the robot that learns from each superhero, and yep. they keep developing and learning the chase until they kill each superhero. And yep. That's that's just where my mind went. So you can tell what age I am. Yeah, five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those two games, I think they they're they're vastly different, but they're vastly intriguing in different ways, and I'm excited to yeah. see how they play out. I think I think it'll be. I think for those two games, I think those will be two games that I'll either end up streaming or playing or definitely recommending on my list of you should definitely check these out because they have something unique. Even if they're not good, as long as they're unique and interesting, I would definitely recommend them because I do that a lot with like, um, like, I'll play bad games. But if there's a good hook to it or a unique, um, a unique spin on it, I'll I'll, I'll give yeah. it a go. I'll recommend it.
1: Uh, The other thing I was just going to ask is uh, Deathloop states that it's coming out May 21st, 2021. Mm -hmm. Is there a release date for uh, Evil Genius 2? Uh,
2: March 31st, I believe. March 31st. 31st. Don't quote
0: me. 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 I think that's what it was off the top of my head is is what I saw. I I put it on there because it was in the March release list. So probably end of March for that one. But yeah, and 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 Evil Genius 2 looks like it can run on a potato. So I mean that the, the requirements for a computer don't look that high on it. From what I from what I remember. I, like I said, I didn't memorize it, but it looks like it could run on a potato because Evil Genius 1 could you could you could run it on my phone nowadays. So But yeah. yeah, man, I think those two games will be interesting to watch and see how they develop. So But with that being said, let's move on to some culture shock where we talk about growing up a little bit uh because yeah. last uh, over the last couple weeks we've kind of dipped in we've kind of dipped into our past a little bit and noticed some similarities and some differences so you put this one on the you put the childhood on the culture shock so why don't you take the lead on this one
1: yeah well similar to the thing that, the the paranormal topic um this was more a kind of discussion to learn like from on my side anyway because um with the amount of kinda of shocks to the culture that it is when we discuss about like kinda of like common courtesy or food or anything like that. Um Upbringings and childhood because it's like um in previous topics, especially like even even today, you kinda of mentioned how your upbringing was if you done something wrong, you got a whip. That was that was how it was. Oh, yeah. There's, I don't think I ever got anything like that here. I can remember one time my sister got her arse scalped every step up the stairs because she crossed the main, like, down at the bottom of the hill. Um, there's, like, a dual carriageway. Mm-hmm. It's, like, three lanes, three lanes. And she crossed over that when she was young.
2: Ooh.
1: Like, safely. Like, she'd done it there, but she didn't tell the... She she had told my parents that a friend's mum was taking them down, and her friend told their mum that my mum was taking them down, and they oh went no. down without adult supervision, with and it was just at the off chance that my dad was coming home that time <laughs> and seen it. So that was the only kind of time that I could remember any kind of of that level of punishment. Um, but it was just an interesting kind of concept to to kind of see like what we see in the movies and what happens in two very different things. Like when you watch the movies of the American kind of upbringing, it's like the kids out in the street with their rollerblades playing hockey and they're playing like baseball and stuff like that. Whereas for us here, um, that was kind of like similar but it was more like we were out playing football or we were playing hide and seek but it was like hide and seek with like 20 people Um, we had other kind of games like there was one game where it was you kind of split your into two teams and it was called kiss cuddle torture in which one team would be running and one team would be catching and the catching team would determine a b or c is kiss cuddle or torture when you caught someone from the the running team, you would ask them A, B or C, whatever letter they picked is what you got, but so if, like, if if torture was C, and they picked C, you would give them a hit. Mm -hmm. If it it was cuddle, you'd cuddle if you think. I mean, don't get me wrong, when we were younger, it was a case of, if it was another boy, no matter what letter he picked, he was getting punched. <laughs> right like next to a girl getting caught and you would, and they would go, "Oh, see," and they would get a kiss. But as soon as that boy said, "See," he was getting hit. That was it. Right. But not the same way as when you were chasing and you caught a lassie. No ma, if you fancied the lassie, it was always kiss. If you didn't fancy the lassie, it was always cuddle. You
2: because you give her a, a cuddles, stupid,
1: a hug, right? Like, eh, and yeah. then run away, kind of thing. So it was like those kind of games and, and kind of upbringings that we had um i mean it's different now because like when we were when i was younger i i was out from you went to school you came home for school at three o'clock 20 past three i was at play yep. and you didn't you came in for your dinner and went straight back out and then you never came in until dark nope. that was it whereas no kids are more i mean the last year kids have had to be in because you can't go anywhere but even before then kids were inside most of the time they don't really go outside and enjoy the mud but i just i was just interested to hear what the kind of childhood upbringing actually was in america and not the movie america unless that is what it actually was that everybody just hung about and played hockey well
0: i mean for for a large extent that is that is the quintessential American upbringing you You go to school, you come home, you go do sports and you hang out with your boys you know and, and you're an ath- if you're an athlete, but if you're not like an athlete or a jock you're a lot of the upbringing is for me, it was come home, do my chores, do my homework, and then bam foul out the door, like just disappear. And then ride your bike, ride your skateboard, ride your rollerblades, um, go to the local shop, tease the shop owner, you know, just kind of razz them a little bit. Uh, maybe go run at the school, play some, you know, some street hockey, play some football. Uh, or like when I lived up north in the woods, it was, you know, go to school and then, you know, go run in the woods, play like freeze tag or army men or... um what we called what was it what was the one game oh god there was a there was a game like hide and seek but like almost like kiss cuddle torture we didn't we didn't have that we had like um if you caught somebody you would literally drag them back to to your base and like the person would have to like save them and in order to save them they would even have to you know like give them a hug or or like attack one of the like if they couldn't hug her or, or tag the person they were trying to save, they would have to like hug her or, or attack the the person that captured them, kind of like gross them out or wig them out. You know, be like, Ugh! or like, if like you said, if you fancied the girl and you were trying to rescue the, the maiden, you gave her to smooch and she was free. If they allowed it, you know, I mean, back then, let's be honest, back, back when I grew up in the early eighties, the eighties and the early nineties, like consent wasn't a thing for us. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like it is now. Like, you didn't walk up and, like, grab some chick by her, you know, lower area and, or anything when we were younger. But, like, if I liked a girl and she liked me back, I didn't have to be like, um, are you okay if I kiss you on the
2: cheek?
1: It was not. Nah, I think each. it was back then. It was the innocence was still yes, there as exactly. a child. Yep. Like, there wasn't any malice. And, like, even now, most of the time, it's the innocence of a child. Mm-hmm. Like. I think yep. when you're talking about the consent and stuff like that it's adults that should know better yes yes exactly like that's where that kind of stems but well, yeah back yeah, when i didn't mean
0: anything but when back when we were kids man we did all that shit we climbed trees we, we <laughs> i did a lot of bad shit as a kid i i had a i had a uh a, a penchant for urban exploration so a bunch of my buddies and i would go up in abandoned buildings and try and see what was there or we try to get into the school after hours and try and sneak around, and you know it was like that. Like we, you know, we played those games. We played like uh red rover, red rover. We played kickball, soccer, or what you know. As football was big, football here. There was a game that I played a lot as a kid, because I was I was very much in, involved in sports and martial arts as a kid. And one of the games I played in in the parks was a game now. Before everybody has a fucking conniption fit, this is what it was called back in the day. Smear the queer. Okay? know what that was, was you get a football, who's ever got the football, runs their ass off, and everybody else tries to take their fucking head off and get the ball. Right? I don't know why it was called that. I don't know why it's called smear the queer or whatever, but it just was. It was what it was called when I grew up. Now it's like hit the runner or, or, you know, dog pile or whatever they call it, but... Like that was one of my favorite
2: Definitely
0: games. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, highly more appropriate than what it was back then. But, but yeah, that was that was one of my favorite games. But then, me personally, as a kid, when I wasn't outside running around and and I did my fair share, I trained a lot. I did martial arts since I was a little kid. Like I was always training, always, always reading, always writing, always climbing trees, and always doing martial arts. So a lot of like the regular. Kid stuff, I did, but not to the extent that I did martial arts and, like, exploration. So yeah. I, I did have sort of the typical American upbringing where I drank out of the hose, and I rode my bike till dark. My mom had a rule. When the streetlights came on, if your ass wasn't in the house, you're catching a whooping. Or, yeah. if, you, if you didn't want to catch the whooping, that bitch was locking the door, and you better find somewhere to
2: sleep for the night. Yeah, we kind of had a similar
1: thing in that um, you were told when to come in, and there was always that fear where because of house small like i live in a little kind of the housing estate um and it's that small you could hear somebody shouting from one end to the other oh my mom could shout. Thing. and we used to kind of play like round the corner in the kind of swing park and stuff like mm-hmm. that and like you're talking about that if you weren't the home for families like you're locked out and that was it I, this is where the kind of the culture kinda of comes in is the fear that we would get is when you were in the park playing whatever and another child would come around and go, Your mum's been shouting on you. Yep. You knew you fucked up and you better get your ass run that corner. Oh, yeah. And like all the way around, you're trying to come up with every excuse as to why you weren't there or you didn't hear the first time and stuff like that but it was because it's even in like adulthood uh it used to be or i would say adulthood but your your teenage years it was the equivalent of 12 missed calls from mum you went ah fucked up oh (laughs) no that's it my life is done yeah we had
0: that too for sure
1: that was kind of like how we thought and you were talking about the games i mean Red Rover, I'm pretty sure that's our equivalent to that is British Bulldogs, where it's like you would have two teams on either side, and somebody would get called like a yep. number, you had to number, and you'd find me, and they had to try and run through. Yep, exactly. The other side, we, that was called British Bulldogs to us. I don't know why. But that's
2: such that a better name.
1: Uh, we'd fight with that but that used to that was a game that was just that
0: got brutal that got brutal
1: yeah, because that was the case where you were supposed to link hands yep to stop them we were at the point where we were like see that kind of like you see it in like the olden days where it was like that We would get <laughs> yep. that was how we yeah. grip. and when something came close you were just swiping at the legs, make sure they went down. Cause if they went down, they were not running through you, yeah. um, and stuff. And the, the other game that I used to always love, and it was funny to play here, cause we used to have a kind of, I say a small group. There was like ten, fifteen years as the younger ones, and there's a bit. There was a pole round the corner, like our estate. Like I've got my wee cul-de-sac here, and if you go out the cul-de-sac and turn to the right, it goes to a roundabout, right. Where there's a swing park in that, that was where we were allowed to play, because after that we were out of sight. Right. But if we got a good amount of people, like if you got like the the older kids and stuff, like like my brother and stuff like that, we were allowed to play because we used to play hide and seek and sardines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when you got the older people to play, you could go full estate.
2: Oh, you t- got the whole neighbourhood allowed
1: to go down the hill now. Yeah, you got the whole neighbourhood. You needed more hiding places. But uh, Sardines was always a funny one because it was always the same hiding spots that people would go. Like round the corner, there was there's this fence and next to the like the fence sits like that, and this is the swing park mm-hmm. and that's the street and right next to the fence there's a pole. Mm-hmm. Like just a light pole that sits by me, and what you used to do is if you sat up against the fence and crouched down until the person had walked around this side, they couldn't see you. Okay. But what would end up happening is because if you're playing sardines and the point of sardines is one person hides, twenty people have to find you. Oh, okay. But if you but they all split up, and if they find you they have to join your hiding place. Oh, okay, yeah, we had a similar and game. And the last person to find... Because then you'd line up like a, a tennis of sardines. That mm-hmm. was what it was always there. And you would have, like, 19 people hiding behind this fence. But it, after about five, it was just out in the open. Like, there was no <laughs> fence. So it was just a group of people just, like, lined up. And if you've done it right, You would just look like a continuation of the fence. (laughs) You would have people kind head down, arms out, as if they were the top slat of a fence, and that kind of stuff, just to try and make it look. And it was stuff like that. But we used to have like we were talking about brutal games. We used to have a game, and it was called Bloody Mary. Okay. But to us, it was known as the White Witch. Okay. And what would happen is. It is it's weird explaining it because it's such a fucked up game. You would have a groupies and you would pick one person that was gonna be possessed by the white witch Mm -hmm. and you would Stand in a circle with them in the middle, and similar to the kind of like you chant Bloody Mary three times and she appears in the mirror. This was a similar thing where you would go like white witch, white witch, white witch, and there was like this whole like thing that you would ch- not necessarily chant but just say mm-hmm. as a like cult basically. <laughs> yeah, right. And technically, once you had done this, the person in the middle would be possessed by the white witch, mm-hmm. and the white witch wanted blood. So as soon as they got possessed, you had to just. Bomb to fuck because see if that person caught you, there was no rules, right? It was a case that you would just get your absolute shit kicked to you, and the only way to get away is to hit them harder
2: right. and
1: get away. And that was the way it was, but you had like it was as if like you always had the or oh, it's a, a 15 minute time limit.
2: Oh, from no. when this is
1: possessed and all that kind of stuff. So it completely took away the whole folklore of the White witch because, oh, he only gets possessed for 15 minutes now. Right. And that was what it was. And then you possess the next person. Yeah. But that was the nights where you used to only play that with the older kids because they didn't want to play the, the, the fun little hide-and-seek. They wanted to kick some well, shit. <laughs> they people. wanted to beat the shit out of you, yeah. Yeah, that was it. but Because uh, it was always funny because... Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember me ever getting possessed. It was always the older kids that got mm-hmm. yeah. possessed. It yeah. was always like my brother and his pals that got possessed to kick the shit out of us. Yeah. So I'm going to assholes. bring that up to him tomorrow now as to why the fuck we never got to kick the shit out of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm bigger than them now. I can fucking take them.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, we, we had a ton of games, like, just brutal games. Like I said, that the game Smear the Queer, unfortunately. like Like, dude, Like you would specifically pick out the slowest motherfucker and give him the ball because when, when and you would lead, lead, like, I'm not the fastest dude, but like I can hit a motherfucker, like football. Like (laughs) I can lay, I can lay a shot in double leg somebody, right? You would pick the slowest motherfucker and you literally throw the ball at him. And the minute he got it, eight ten people were like blood in the water. Fuck that dude up. And, you did dude, the hits that this kid would take. Just, dude getting ass over T-Kill or getting, like, one dude coming with a flying double clothesline to the kids. Oh, my God. I I saw a kid get hit one time. He literally was running. Didn't see it blindside. Just full-on fucking junior high level varsity linebacker just fucking obliterated this kid, right? He had just... Hits the ground, fucking breaks his arm, right? And oh, sure enough, like, Kid broke his arm. Everybody's like, oh, someone got hurt, blah, 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 right? Kid was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. He then grabbed the ball again, and us being dumbasses like, well, I guess he wants to go again. Just leveled the guy, and I'm like, Ooh. looking back now, I'm like,
2: oh, <laughs>
0: But yeah, we had like a game like The White Witch too. We had like Ghosts in the Graveyard where you had to do like fucked up shit to find people. But yeah, I mean it, it's interesting childhood because like nowadays childhood has changed because of technology. Yeah, like
2: too busy.
1: Yeah. at Somebody that's killed them and I like I'm I'm all for video games. Like mm-hmm. video games are like a, a great thing. You can learn through them and all that. If that's what you want to do, but I just don't get the One the toxicity and I don't get the aggression. Like if games start to annoy me, I turn it off. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not playing games to get annoyed. Like if the game's annoying, why I'm not gonna like I'm I don't have enough time anyway. Why the fuck would I use it to be miserable?
0: Yeah, I I don't get that either, because I'm the same way. Like I tell my daughter, both of my daughters are, are avid all my kids are avid gamers and all of them have issues with games and I tell them all, I'm like, hey. If you're going to get mad at the game, change the game. And I yeah. don't want to hear it. And they're like, "But but dad, I no, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no." "But dad, you no. If I get to the point where I'm raging, I change the game." And they're like, "You stream." I'm like, "I if the game pisses me off on stream, I change the game. You can't make that argument with me." Uh-uh, no. Because I don't get yeah. it either. I don't get the aggression, I don't get the toxicity of it because what's the point? Yeah,
1: exactly. Cuz like, even that I mean Titan played that, is uh, it rogue roll- one no rogue one. Rogue Company. Rogue Company. Yeah. Right, it was the first time I played it. Literally at twelve o'clock I downloaded the game. At five past twelve I was doing the tutorial. At quarter past twelve I was in a game with Titan. <laughs> right. That was that was my existence of this fucking game. And we got put into a game where in our team there was two people that were clearly pals because they had fucking FB or TTV in their names and right. stuff like that. And they spent the entire match shitting on me. Just constantly. I had I had the in-game chat on. I d did, I didn't have my mic on, so I was de- talking back to them as much. But it was like they were just constantly coming through. So oh, what you need to do is press start, go into the settings and uninstall this game because you are dog shit. Watch and they just guys. kept on laying it and laying it. And me and Titan were fucking gutting ourselves. It was it was just so funny because, like, we are sitting there going, like, he's Titan's going on about how it's a nothing game; nobody gives a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. Why are you getting so antsy about this game that right. nobody cares about? And I'm just sitting there. I'm fucking gay, and every now and again, I'm clicking my mouth, my mic on, just as I'm laughing, just to piss them off that wee bit there. And halfway, I ended the game, zero kills, zero assists, zero damage downed and killed about 40 times I just fucking, I, I ended up just sending constantly Just ru- I would take the bomb and you would hear them screaming, drop the bomb drop the bomb, and I'd just fucking run into the enemy team and just die immediately, so that our team would have to go in and get the bomb <laughs> of the one to win the game <laughs> it, was, it was that kind of way that, that was the level that we were just giggling away and thought, like how mad these boys were getting and then the very next match, we got loaded in, they were on the opposite team, and immediately I was like, best fucking day ever and that game me and Titan fucking shit on I think I got something like 12 kills, Nice. and 14 assists, Titan was getting like 24, to he was just sitting fucking sniping, every time they ran by, just fucking headshot headshot, headshot, and even though we couldn't hear them at this point, the, the solace that we had was that they're streaming they've went on and shouting and bawling and getting me to install my game and all that and then when they've seen us in the opposite team they've told their stream here we go, easy win and then we tell just how pissed off they must have been having to show their stream them getting dog shit. <laughs> and weird thing and the funniest thing is, is when <tego> the game started i would i died the first and they all started coming up and like teabagging and all that kind of stuff so you knew that was the type of players they were yeah but when we just turned that around and it was that kid the way we weren't even doing anything back. Right, because you weren't listening. That's just fucking stupid. Like, what does that accomplish in your life? Like, well done, you get nothing. Yeah, um, right. So it's like, but it was just that it was the knowledge that they've been telling the chat and going on about how it's an easy win, and we just fucking went, "Don't uh, fucking think so." That's bit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's,
2: that's trolling that's my best. The best. That's my I love favorite
1: it. Game in, Moment that I've oh. ever fucking had. And I've played Apex with Titan and Bilbo, and I got a win. Nice. With 70 damage. They carried me to fuck. I got 70 damage. They had something like fucking 10 kills each and fucking laid everybody out. They're badasses. I'm a winner too. <laughs> <laughs> like, a win's a win. I got that dub.
0: On that note, let's on that note, let's go to the happy ending. <laughs> That's great, dude. I love it. Trolling at the best. All right. Um, I think I went first on happy ending last week. So why don't you go first on this one?
1: Yeah, um, well, my one is one from down south in England. Okay. Round about, it's just south of Manchester. It's in Telford. and it's a story about uh, a nine-year-old boy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he's. They were, him and his mum were out kind of jogging uh, with their uh, dog and Uh a car spooked the dog and ran under their feet and the mum tripped and kind of landed badly and she broke her wrist. Uh, They managed to get home and uh, the the young boy Oakley got the mum and the dog into the, the, the house and stuff like that. Uh, he went to go and get the, the first aid kit and when he came back his mum had passed out okay and the story that the kind of thing mate is he used his mum's thumbprint to unlock her phone in order to contact the emergency services nice. and was able to kind of go through everything and stuff like that Um, and they kind of go into like the Mum was like, ah, it's like uh, he, he knows the code, but in that moment he couldn't remember it because, like, and you know, yourself in moments yeah. like that. Your oh, yeah, are, like somebody tells you to count to five and you're like eight, seven mm-hmm. w and and that, uh, and then but that's the time it's like uh, he, he knew the address, but not the postcode, right? Uh, but he managed to find the letter on the fridge. And was able to kind of, this is sort of where we are and that kind of stuff, and then went out and flagged down the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And the the kind of story that I'd think do it is, it is just it's, it's, it's such a, a a lovely story that um, even at nine years old the boy had the kind of mind to kind of know roughly what to do in that situation that even though he was. Like, in that kind of shocked moment of can't remember passcode and stuff like that, the kind of unimportant parts in that, it was able to kind of quickly problem-solve into, well, I don't know the code right now, let's say me that. And it kind of spurred me on uh, the importance of making sure that your kids of most ages understand and are able to perform that, like, nobody goes into kind of having kids with the the belief that something will happen, that they can't, that the child will have to be in that situation. But to me, it just kind of proves that you're never too young to be taught what to do in a scenario where mum or dad or your guardian takes ill. Mm -hmm. You, You need to be able to explain to them on how to, contact the emergency services, get help, what to do, who to call, and stuff like that, and I think that's what this kind of, like, this is what I want to kind of touch on, Um, especially with talking about kind of, like, childhood and stuff like that in this episode. It was kind of, this is where it comes full circle is being able to trust the emergency services and know these are the people that you have to contact when something like this happens and know that their their position is to help and save, mm-hmm. and it was it was just a I just it was a nice story to kind of come across and and it just kind of it, it filled me with not so much not as like I mean happiness and stuff like that that the 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 story had a happy ending but it kind of felt filled, filled me with that sort of the next generation's in good hands. If yeah. This is what like the there's some things that happen in the world right now where I kinda go, I don't think the humankind's gonna survive much longer. Mm-hmm. And then you hear stories like this where you go, Do you know what? I think we might be alright. Yeah,
0: most definitely. I, I think it was I think it was a great story. I breezed through it at work, and you're right, it it it's a it's a great story because basically the kid In a moment of crisis where his mom is unresponsive and whatnot, he knew how to get help. He knew how to get help. He knew how to unlock her phone. He knew the passcode. But in a moment of panic, your brain doesn't like that lizard brain kicks in. You're like, oh, my God, what do I do? He was able to remember, hey, I can use mom's thumb. Like knowing like like the kid smart enough to know how to use a thumbprint scanner like. Back in the yeah. day, like I, I wouldn't have known how to use a thumbprint scanner. We didn't have them, but like, would I have been able to do that? I don't know.
1: But seeing that what you used to get in the movies, like when you watch the kind of James Bond movies mm-hmm. where it was the retina scans, and know that, that yep. was in a that was in a far off, distant exactly, sci-fi kind of. Yeah, like, and here we are living in. It's your phone to you unlock it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the fact that the kid was able to keep his head too, being that young, yeah. and your mom's unresponsive like a lot of kids would just lose their shit like my kids I I'm pretty confident that they would be able to respond in a crisis except for one of them my my middle son he he's autistic he's high functioning but I mean even he I think could handle it but I think he would he would definitely have to overcome a lot more panic than the other kids would and to see a 9-year-old kid be that be that resourceful in order to figure it out to get his mom to help, it, it it it's great, and it does reaffirm that okay, the generation isn't as doomed as we think it is.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it, I, I, another thing on like your kids and that kind of stuff, like you you said uh, quite a few times that they've got kind of issues and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, what you have to remember is like, and, and with your sons so that and that, so I think it's always good to put in the context that um kids with or just people in general that's got uh disabilities, autism, even other ailments and stuff like that. because um, it was it was one of the kind of things sister about uh she was struggling with depression and stuff like that and she wasn't sure whether to take like uh medication and that mm. and the way I explained to to her about it was normal-bodied or n- normal bodied people are normal minded people are going through life with challenges people with disabilities or, or mental disabilities physical disabilities are going through the same life with a hand tied behind the back yep. or in some cases both hands tied behind the back yeah. and i think it's it, it's one of those ones that you have to come to the the, the context that what would you expect someone that's got both hands tight behind their back, trying to do the same task as someone that's got the use of both their hands.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure he'd fixation. figure it.
1: I'm
0: sure he'd so, be able to figure it out, but there there would definitely yeah. be a level of panic that the other kids wouldn't experience because he does have to work through that extra layer of stuff. Like because we have we have, and I not mean to cut you off. We 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 do have in that story. We we do we we have made a point to teach our kids that if something happens to yeah. me or mom but uh, from a from the perspective of how a crisis situation would unfold i definitely feel like my middle kid would definitely have an extra level of challenge because not only does he have to process the panic but then he has to try and find a way to make it make sense to him to look for that that solution where um My oldest daughter, for example, who's been left alone for a long time. She lives with my ex-wife, and she spends a lot of time alone. Uh, She'd come home from school and make herself dinner, stuff like that. I don't think she would have the level of panic that my middle son would have because it's just a different different cognizant awareness where he would have to struggle and come up with it to eventually get there. She wouldn't. And the fact that a nine-year-old kid... Recognized that his mom was in danger and was able to figure out okay i don't know the passcode he was able to to deal with the panic of not knowing the passcode to go okay what what can i do mom's thumb put it on there and i i think that speaks volumes to the kids uh and to the kids wherewithal and and the parents ability to maybe prep the kid for it and i think i think it's great i think more parents should take the time to uh make sure their kids are up-to-date on emergency procedures. Like, we have we have a yeah. fire plan. We have a break-in plan if someone breaks in. Like, we have all that stuff. And to see that it's not just us it is a reassuring thing for me as a parent.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, i am not got any kids or anything like that. I've got two nephews. Um, but even at that, it, it, for me, it's definitely something that if I ever do have kids, it's something that I would like to have in place is that contingency plan of in this scenario, this is it, because if anything's taught is much of the last couple of years is that certain people aren't going to be there at all times, and mm-hmm. you need to be able to step up when needed. And yeah. this is this is a perfect example of a a young child doing that is just stepping up and doing what needed to be done and it is it does give me a lot of hope for future generations that it isn't all lost that you might think when you look at the society yeah and the media that it get, will get better
0: yeah kudos to that kid man he he probably yeah. saved his mom so good on him it's a great story now we're, we're a little past the 245. Do you want to call it here, or do you want to do one more story? No, no,
1: no. I, I definitely want to talk about your All right. Happy ending well, such a good
0: story. I know we're running a little late than normal. So, um, yeah, my final, my, my happy ending is there was a, it happened in Kerala, India, I believe that's it, how it's pronounced. Basically, the story, the headline reads, photo of paralyzed man cleaning plastic from Indian River goes viral. And he showered with gifts to better his life. Now, basically, the story breaks down like this. There's an older gentleman who is paralyzed from, I believe it was polio. Yeah. um, Who was paralyzed from the waist down due to polio. Who lives in a riverside shack. Who every day gets in his little boat. Drags himself down to the riverside. Hoists himself up into the boat. Because he figured out a way to do it. And then paddles up and down the river. Pulling plastic refuse out of the river and turning it in at the end of the day for a little bit of money. And he averages, it says 12 RS, which is the down nomination of India, which equates to 17 cents. Yeah. He does all of this heavy work and the photos, like his boat is full of plastic. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. not a small canoe. It's a long ass canoe and it's filled. And he does all of that for 17 cents. And the, the article goes on to say, it's enough for a meal. And that's satisfying enough for him to know he's helping the environment.
2: What? Then the story is, some young dude had a rented camera. You know, he was
0: just, you know, a passion for photography. He'd rented a camera, young engineer. Managed to snap a photo of our protagonist who's hauling plastic out of the river. He uploads that shit to Instagram or whatever social
2: I don't remember I don't know if it was Instagram or not um uh, what is it there was an Instagram He uploaded
0: a story to promedia Facebook page, so he uploads it to a, a media page and they start sharing it and this this dude who's got polio then starts to receive all these gifts and the story gets shared around the world and now, yeah. like he's got a new motorboat he was given a new motorboat they the prime minister of india of that area of india uh, um is talking about doing some stuff to fix up his riverside shack that was damaged in a in a in a storm and he's even now um a bangalore based company is making him a wheelchair yeah like this story hits on me for so many levels because one about making the environment better from human waste. Yeah. Two, it's about some dude just going out there every day, no publicity, no nothing. Didn't didn't do it for the the memes or the or the yeah. Instagrams. Just every day out there picking plastic out the river, cashing it, and getting his his chow on afterwards, and going back to his home. And then some young engineering kid happens in the right place, snaps it up, shares it on social media, and it changes this dude's life. Like. All too often we see the negative impacts of social media on our lives. Yeah. And this story actually shows the the real true power of social media when it's used for good and not evil for lack of a better turn of phrase. That this guy yeah. this guy's life is now going to improve significantly. His quality of life is going to go much better. Will he be happier? I don't know. It's up to him to determine, but at least from what all appears is happening, he'll have an easier, more enjoyable life from now. And the fact that this engineering student did it just to, you know, because he's got a passion for geography and he wanted to share this guy's story. I mean, we need more of that. We need, we need so much more of that. We need these unsung heroes who do this shit just because it's the right thing to do. They need to be raised up. This, this older gentleman who cleans the river, like he should have been recognized. Not, yeah. A guy like me who doesn't do anything but ramble on the internet doesn't doesn't deserve what I get, and I get plenty of shit. A guy like this, oh yeah, all day, son, wheelchair, nice house, little motorboat, get, give him everything. The dude, the dude wasn't doing it to make a name for himself, and neither was the yeah, kid. Was
2: sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's it was so heartwarming because it's environmental and it's improving somebody with a disability's quality of life. Like, come on, I'm a sucker for that yeah. shit.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's what I kind of like the most about it is just the fact that it just goes to show you what can happen if people just come together for the good of the world. Yes, like if people just put their differences behind and celebrated and rewarded those that do the selfless kind that. Yep. Instead of being too busy trying to pull down people that, don't like, it's not so much that it's, uh, there's people that do bad things, they deserve the thing, mate. But spending more time trying to pull down celebrities than mm-hmm. trying to reward people that are just out there doing what they ha- have to do to make ends meet. Like, like you said, it's, uh, it's it's he gets a meal at the end, it, it pays for his dinner. Yep. And you're like, ah, that's. that's that's somebody that just wants to live on this planet, like, mm-hmm. like that is just such a great story, and I def that's why I definitely wanted to make sure that this got put in because yeah. it really was just reading it and just having that kind of time to kind of just process it and think about it and just be like, he's like one of the most selfish people I've ever read about like for so many years just without a care in the world just cleaning up the local river
2: yeah
1: to make ends meet and here comes along some and just that one random day and his life's been completely changed it's, it's it's an amazing story
0: yeah and like the the even the prime like there's a quote there's like a quote that says the Indian prime minister himself Narenda Moody, uh, I am slaughtered it, I apologize. Uh, Moody uh, commented on Rob Japan's efforts during his monthly radio address. I've seen news from Kerala which reminds us of our responsibilities, she said. Telling his listeners the story, imagine how highly he thinks. We must also take inspiration from him and contribute towards the cleanliness as far as possible. Like, do Like, this dude probably did this for decades, and it took one, like, they probably seen him go up and down the river for decades, and then one kid with a camera changed the entire world because he, it was just a, it was a hell of a photo op, and I've I've been, I've been in the local papers, I've been in photo ops uh, for doing shit, you know, what I do, and And, yeah, like, the power of being a photo going somewhere, just, it does everything. And, like, why now? Why now? This dude's probably been doing this shit for decades. Why did it take so long for him to be recognized? I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. I I mean, on some levels, I care. But I'm more enthralled with the fact that, finally, this gentleman who's been cleaning up the garbage is finally going to have the way, you know, he's going to have a better life, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. But then and like I said, social media, social media for for so much of our our time, especially me cuz I'm on social media for streaming and everything we do with the podcast and you are too. How many social media stories you see where it's like, "Oh, me too" or this person did that or or they're trying to like just hate tweet at people. It's like you have so much better things to do with your time. And then a story like this comes around, you're like, "Well, social media, when done right, is a powerful tool for change." (laughs) But yeah, it's great, man. And I wish more people would do it. Like, um, I'm getting ready to do a move here in June to a more like better environment than out of. We're going to like a country. We're going to like the country outside the one of the bigger cities and. One of the biggest things I'm looking forward to is going out in the mountains and taking the kids out, showing them stuff. And that's definitely going to be part of our mountain adventures is just picking up the trash we see. Because stories yeah. like this, like, how could, like, after reading this story, what am I going to do? Walk up a trail and see a plastic bottle and be like, uh, no. Because I'm all mad going to think that dude in India is on a river grabbing bottles out of a river. The least I can do is pick up a, you know.
1: I think that's it, it's like we're too busy sitting here God, it's not my problem, or it's not, it, it wasn't me. and it's, uh, Well, as a species, it was. Yes. It was humans. Mm-hmm. And as a human, you have a duty to make sure that this planet is livable, workable, breathable, and may continue far beyond our existence. That is our duty as a human being. Facts. So if you see that bottle in the the, the street or in the mountain, pick the the pick fuck up. up. Don't be a petty little dick that just needs to be put away. Facts. Like just just pick up like what like what inconveniences it really causing in you not to not go and <laughs> put something
0: But Chris I gonna bend over and walk over to the trash can. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, well, a fucking do it. <laughs> get it
0: just, done just fucking do it on that note, we'll bring this motherfucker to a close, Chris my man, great job as always tell the people where they can reach out to you find you and uh,
1: you know, the usual yeah, um, you can catch me on Twitter all the links will be in the description of the episode and of the main podcast kind of channel, wherever you get uh, your podcast which going. now we're on Amazon Yep, we're now on Amazon Music. So that's Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, IG. and Apple uh, Podcasts. Uh, it will be in the YouTube description of the, the, the VOD. So you can get us absolutely anywhere. It will be jam packed. with you. Each episode will have the, the links to all the different stories and stuff like that. Yep, if you want he's to get better catch than that, you am read up yourself Um uh, get actual information rather than just a drunken ramble. Um, but yeah, catch us all there. Any questions, any information, any stories that you want to put across to us, reach us out on YouTube, Twitter, anywhere that you can. And thanks. get in touch, let us know.
0: Yeah, thanks. And uh, you guys know me. I'm Doc Ryan. Uh All the descriptions will be... Well, I can't upload the video right now. My computer can't handle the video upload. So uh, the video episode, if the video comes out good, because we're still recording on my janked-up-ass rig... If the video is good, I'll send it to Chris. It'll be on Chris's YouTube. And then once my rig gets built in the next week or two, thanks to you all who donated and helped out, we'll be back on YouTube doing YouTube videos. We'll also be back streaming full-time. And, uh, you know, find me on Twitter. Be like, hey, docs, your take on policing was stupid. Or your take on policing was was good. Or or your take on growing up as a kid was fucked up. So we, we want to hear your feedback. And as always, uh, like share favorite follow us on twitter or twitch uh rate and review the podcast that goes a long way because the more we can get the podcast grown through word of mouth the sooner or later we can get this shit monetized and the sooner or later this is what kirsten i can do like we right now we got day jobs that run us ragged if if we get enough of a groundswell we can do podcasting and streaming as the day job so we can bring you better content we can bring you more interesting stories And more rambles of stupidity. So thank you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, I guess, say bye, Chris. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.